Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, what's happening? I'm Mike Schmidt, 40 year old boy podcast. Let me let me do this. I'm going to open the door. I'm going to hold up my arms, not unlike a Mr. Rourke in a fantasy island. And I'm going to say, honored guests, welcome to fall. It's not fantasy island. I don't have an island. Uh, what if I had podcast island? How weird is that? Oh, my God. Let, you know what? I need to fucking do that. There's what I need to do. I need to get podcast island set up. Just some fucking remote Vanuatu motherfucker with a goddamn uh, Wi-Fi action. Would there be one producer for everybody or no producers for anybody? Ooh, hold on. Let's think about that. Is it, well, wait, it's not a competition. I want to have a, I want to have a welcoming. It's going to be like a Jim Jones Island where there's Kool-Aid and microphones. Uh, wouldn't that be grand? Oh my God. I love this idea. Podcast Island. Who do you want? Let me ask you this. Who do you want me to bring to podcast Island? Let's put up a poll. Let's do it right now. Hey, Artie, do me a favor. Put up a poll on the webpage. Hey, Boomer, Mark Marin's cat. Are you here? Put up a thing in the way. Hey, Elliot. You're a producer who runs things. You put that up on somebody's webpage. Uh, any, hey, podcasters who have other podcasting producers, which, by the way, let's talk about this for a second. There's a, I belong to a page on Facebook. Uh, it's, it's called Paying Job Posts. Now, don't go there. Don't, 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 fuck, don't sully it for me by going, Mike Schmidt sent me. Woohoo! Don't do that. Uh, it's a closed page, and it's for, uh, I'm going to use this term loosely, professionals. Uh, people in the entertainment industry who want to get jobs doing whatever the fuck, and, uh, and they, you know, people post. It, it's, it's a grim life, an entertainer. I'm not going to lie to you, unless you've carved out a niche for yourself out of Irish Spring Soap, like I have my own self here with a microphone as my, as my knife. Uh, you know, on, on the kids and all, they said he uses bicycle as a two-wheeled knife. Well, I use my uh, microphone as a uh, as a foam balled knife. Foam balled, foam a pop screen. Uh, as a pop screened knife. Let's call it that. Um, but as an as an entertainer, you know, it's uh, for, certainly now, especially with the germ circulating, everybody's looking for any gig that they can possibly do. But even before the fucking germ. Let's not pretend that this was, uh, you know, everybody's like taking down big scores. All right. It's no, it's it's a uh, it's a piecemeal life sometimes unless you've carved out a career for yourself. Like I said, I've been very lucky. Uh, you guys have provided me with the opportunity to go ahead and carve out a career with this microphone and uh, and talk to you guys via podcasting and or Twitch and whatever the fuck else. And you care. And that makes me happy. However, uh, it, other people trying to branch out into the entertainment industry. 
Now that's the thing. I can't even imagine what it would be like to start out now. I mean, I, it's it's again, it's two sides of one coin, uh, or two sides of the same coin, or two coins in a fountain, uh, or the Fountain Blue Resort. Let's go there. Let's get a room. Let's get a room at the Fountain Blue Resort. You know what? I'm going to build a Fountain Blue Resort on Podcast Island. <laughs> Uh, so these people are entertainers now. Like if you're starting now, the the bad the good thing is there's you're, there's no rules, man. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You can put out a podcast, put out a short film every week. You can film on iPhones. I mean, all the technology is right fucking there, man. It's at the tip of your fingers, at the tip of your your tongue. You can say things, you can do things. Uh, but here's the bad part about entertainment now. There's, uh, oh my God, there's no money in it. There's none. Like when I started out, I was trying to get, you know, I got noticed I was doing stand-up and then I came out here and I got some commercials and then I wound up writing on some, some things, uh, which seemed to be a natural progression. I got stand-up, somebody saw me, this is like this, another comedian noticed me, everybody brought me here, I went on the road. Yay. Now, man, is there, is there even a road anymore? I see these comedians doing the, the fucking shows out outside and I'm like, oh, my God, that just seems I it, look, <laughs> it was bad enough when I did a joke and I heard metaphorical crickets. I don't need to be on stage at some goddamn swap meet bathed in headlights trying to make crickets fucking shut the fuck up so somebody can hear my brilliance. Oh, do me a favor. Calm down, arthropods. I'm trying to make some people fucking crack up. I don't know what an arthropod is. I'm assuming it's a bug. Uh, it's, it's stuck in my head. See, th- this is gonna be one of those things where I'm either a genius or a fucking stupido, a stupido. Uh, what is that? I've just made up a guy. Look at that guy. El stupido. That's my superhero. Uh, my Mexican superhero. When I go to Mexico, I'm a superhero. I don't know if you guys know this. I go down there to Tijuana dressed as El stupido, look very much like Dom DeLuise and cannonball run. And I wear a cape and uh, I wear a mask like the tarantula and the Spider-Man comics and pointy shoes. And, uh, and I run around and take care of business down there in Mexico. I say, ho, ho. I'm going to break up this donkey show. And uh, I save the young maiden so she doesn't have to straddle a nag. Nobody wants to straddle a nag. You want to straddle a nag? Fucking get in line, baby. Uh, they're making them do them. All sorts of other countries, you got to straddle a nag. Not in America anymore. Although, I'll tell you what, that girl's just at the, she's just getting into the entertainment industry, too. I'm telling you, there's no money in it anymore. Maybe she said, you know what? I got to straddle a nag to get started in this business. I was lucky. I got to do open mics. She's like, nah, I got to blow a donkey. That's what's going to get me. That's what's going to kick me off. Pretty soon, I'll be blowing this donkey on, at empty drive-ins all over America. Watch me getting the fucking money. Uh, you know what? I'm not in it for the cash. I'm in it for the horn blowing. That's what I want. That's how my entertainment career is going to go. I envisioned this 30 years ago. I cannot wait till I finally... You know what I can say I've arrived? When I'm only getting the horn blowing from the expensive cars. Oh, you know what? I want to reach across the, the, the fucking aisle. I want to talk to the poor people, too. I'd love to hear your shitty fucking rusted out shitbox, whatever the fuck, Toyota. Go ahead and honk that motherfucker for me. But I want the Mercedes honks. I want the deep, rich, basso profundo of a Bentley honk. That's when I'll know I fucking turned it on. That's when I'll know I'm the king of the swing for fucking comedy these days. Ah, forget applause. Applause is so fucking 2018, 19. I was gonna say 19, but I don't even think so. Uh, although I guess the germ showed up in 2020. Although if you listen to some people, the germs always been here. The germ got here in 2019. The Chinese unleashed the germ. Yes, they did. Often they were sending. I remember, you know what? I, I, I should have never opened that envelope from China that said germ. That's my fault, guys. I look, I'm going to tell you. My fault. I'm going to take uh, all of the responsibility for unleashing the germ here in America. Uh, but I got to admit, you know, you get, it was a fancy look in my defense. The envelope 
was was typically uh, atypically ornate. I will say that it was an atypically ornate envelope. Now, if I can if I can just get an envelope from China with a bunch of Chinese characters on it, well, I you know I don't need your plum wine, buddy. I'm gonna open it up and throw it right in the old trash. However, if I get an atypically ornate, I think to myself, ooh, you know what? This was probably sent to me by a guy with a tattoo on his back. That's see, that's the guy I want to hear from. I'm gonna hear from that guy. I want to I want to hear from a lady who's got a uh, white makeup and cupid bow red lips, and she's got a fucking uh, a kimono on, and she's doing a crazy dance now am i mixing up countries perhaps i am i don't mean to be that guy and also i'm mixing up chinese and japanese uh, characters i don't know the difference i must i must admit uh they're all beautiful and they're all lovely uh and when they come on an atypically ornate envelope uh, emblazoned with those characters i'm opening it no matter what because again i've been to japan so part of me in my head is like hmm did i possibly leave my keys over there maybe that's what they're sending me so then i open it up and germ <laughs> Uh, I thought it was keys. I thought it was my Japanese keys, and it turned out to be a Chinese germ. This is my own fault. I need to learn the language. I need to learn how to read the goddamn languages. Characters, they they mean something to me. They mean uh, something to the Chinese and Japanese as well, so I should probably go ahead and talk to them. That's what I should have done. I should have brought this atypically ornate envelope to the Chinese-slash-Japanese embassies. Figure out which one of those guys is open, which one will see me. I got to figure nobody's going to see me, right? Could you do that? Could you just show up at an embassy and go, hey, I got to talk to these guys. Can you translate this envelope for me? What am I, fucking Indiana Jones? That's the kind of shit Indiana Jones would do. But he'd get in the door. I would never get in the goddamn door. If I just show up, fucking schlubby basketball shorts on and my Nikes, and I'm like, hey, uh, can I talk to some Chinese fellas? Hey, are there any Japanese chums available who could translate the characters on this atypically ornate envelope that I've received in the mail so I don't kill half the population? And by half, I mean like one one hundred thousandth or whatever the fuck. Uh, because that's another thing I keep hearing too. Is like, oh, uh, are we going to keep the whole country closed because just fucking 200,000 people died? Yes. Yes, we are. Did you not get the, the fucking message? Didn't you get the memo in your atypically ornate envelope? Guess what? Yes, we're closing down the country just because 200,000 people died. And by the way, I don't know if you're aware of this. I've been reading up a bit on the germ. I've been reading some articles because uh, that's what I like to do when I'm trapped in my house. In what well, with fall in the air, again, I've got to stay in. It's nippy outside now. It's very cold. So I think to myself, you know what? There's a, there's a slight breeze outside. There's a chill in the air. I throw on three hoodies and I go, I'm going to read something about this germ. Because with the fall arriving, we know that brings, of course, the, uh, the, the flu season. The cold and flu season we've all been familiar with our entire lives. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know what? Here's the deal. Like, we all, everybody, when the flu season comes, we're all like, blah, blah, flu season sucks. Do I got to get a flu shot? I probably do, unless I'm fucking, you know, naked in Playboy and marrying a fucking uh, Backstreet Boy. Or no, he's a fucking new kid. Whatever the fuck Donnie Wahlberg is. Although he's now, you know what? I can't dismiss Donnie Wahlberg like that. He's had a fucking whole career after that. Yeah, he was a new kid on the block, but then all of a sudden, but also I will say this. Danny Wahlberg was a new kid on the block, clearly. There's no doubt. He was part of these, these guys, the vanguard of, ba- of the boy bands that, that crushed the nation and held them in the palm of their, of their hands and told them, you know what, we're going to do this and we're going to sing and you're going to come and see us and we're going to suck and you're not going to care. And that's fine. And again, I don't mean they suck. I don't, if it's for you, if you like the new kids, that's fine. Everybody. I know that's Backstreet Boys. Shut up. Um, there's Backstreet Boys. There's new kids. And then uh, there was NSYNC. Those are the three that I know. 
Uh, and now there's BTS who makes those guys all look like amateurs, man. And let me ask you this. If you're a Lance Bass and you're watching BTS, you're just like, these fucking clowns, you know, because uh, that'll happen with like old comedians and they get older and they see the younger generation and they're like, oh, I get it. It's alternative comedy, whatever. You know, I get my laughs on the road in a club. That's what these fucking grizzled veterans of stand up say is the John Fox jerks off in the mayonnaise jar and they all eat it for the joke just for the bit. They all commit to the bit. They know John Fox came in the mayonnaise. Everybody knows John Fox jerked off in the fucking Hellman's mayo sandwich spread, Miracle Whip, whatever the fuck. And yet they still eat it. They eat it because you know what? They wouldn't have any stories to tell. There would be no road stories if you didn't eat the John Fox cum mayonnaise. I'm telling you right now. You think to yourself, well, I just I was in a condo and nothing happened. And then everybody's like, that's not interesting. We need to hear about craziness on the road. Uh, we need to hear about you sitting on a couch in fucking Oklahoma, Tulsa, and having roaches run out of the fucking couch across your bare legs. Dude, that was one of the fucking most horrifying moments of my life. God, it's so close to my balls. Do you know how close I've had? I, I just have you ever had a roach that close to your balls? I'm going to ask you that right now. I'm going to I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to say it right loud and proud. You ever had a roach that close to your balls? It's not fun, you know. Because again, in your brain, because look, I know roaches aren't trying to bite me and they're not trying to fucking live in me or anything like that. It's not like bed bugs or fucking lice. But at the same time, what if they did? Oh my god, what if you got roaches like you got lice? Oh, you just oh, dude, I literally just fucking oh man, I just I just fucking shook. My whole body shook. Thinking about having an infestation of roaches in your hair. Oh, dude, think about that. You got hair roaches? I don't want scalp roaches. That sounds fucking disgusting. Get the fucking steamer or whatever the fuck or the, the, that squirty thing. Get that squirty thing. Have a guy with a mask and the squirty thing. Spray the, spray the D, the D, and the T into my head and kill these fucking scalp roaches. Ugh. Oh, I creeped myself out because lice you can't see, but you know, they're up there. They're fucking chomping on you, but you could feel the, oh, I did it again. Feel, <laughs> oh, dudes, you could actually feel roaches like running in your fucking hair. How crazy would that be, dude? Uh, no, thanks. All right. Uh, it was bad enough. Like I said, that roach got close to my balls and then you think that roach was just like, ah, oh, these balls. I mean, he doesn't know, right? He's because, he, again, he's normally a kitchen floor, dude. Although he's in the couch at that point. Like I said, first of all, you're infested. I mean, the whole fucking condo's got him if they live in the goddamn couch. Uh, but but if he's a, ro- a, a couch roach, does he look down on the kitchen roaches? Let me ask you this. Kitchen roaches are all on the floor and shit like that. But that's where the food is. Uh, but maybe he's a nap roach. Maybe he likes a nap. Maybe instead of, you know, food's not the important thing to him. Or maybe just this is his apartment that, you know what? Nah, I never even considered that possibility. It's not like the roach has to stay on the fucking couch and he was big. So it's not like he hatched in the couch and then he nurtured himself in the couch. Oh, there's a bunch of shit in your couch. Reach into your couch. Hopefully you don't find a roach. But if you find a handful of crumbs and quarters, then you're like, ah, Jesus Christ, because that's that's all a roach is looking for. Crumbs to survive and quarters to uh, go park the roach car or whatever. Fucking feed the meter. Um, What if the roaches go ahead and band together and started using uh, our money? Oh, my God. And roaches, they might be doing that. Every time you drop money into your couch, the roach takes it. Well, why are there roaches in every couch? And I just said that the couch roaches don't really exist everywhere. Maybe they do. Maybe I don't know enough about roaches. Maybe I need to study. Maybe I need to crack open a roach tome. And I go ahead and fuck out the Encyclopedia Roachtanica and figure out what the fuck these idiots are doing. Uh, Look, I don't mean to call them idiots. I don't know anything about these roaches. I've never met them. They could be smart. Uh, Certainly, they're smart if they're going to be here after a nuclear war. I'll tell you this. Here's how smart the roaches are. Now, because you're going to argue with me, but I'm going to flip the script on you. Look at me doing this. Uh, You could say that we Americans, uh, well, people, I should say, humans, have gone ahead and uh, and we invented nuclear bombs, and we've gone ahead and we have opposable thumbs, and we invented tools and all that bullshit, right? And we said everybody's like, ha ha! You left the animal kingdom in the back. You left you left the animal kingdom in the dust. So now you're the master of your domain. Uh, and let me ask you this. If we were going to master our whole domain, why the fuck are we building a boat to save all these animals? Why don't we just save a bunch of humans? 
I mean, I like Noah. Noah's the original misfit. Noah just said, fuck this. I'm building an ark and I'm going to save all the animals. And there are people who are like, how about us? And he's like, fuck you. You guys suck. I hear you talking around at the goddamn uh, uh, the ark bar when you guys are out there talking. And I'm, I'm building the ark and you guys are like, ho, ho, that Noah's a cad. He's so stupid with these building this giant boat. Uh, but then when the rains came, of course, everyone came over and said, hey, Noah, can we get a lift? And he's like, fuck you. I, have, I am so chock full of wasps and wombats that you couldn't possibly fit into this boat. It's not happening. Oh, I know you think that this honey badger will sit beside and let you have a, a seat. No, you know, no humans allowed on this giant boat. Um, did he bring any other humans? I don't think he did, right? It's like, well, it was Noah. Well, he had to fuck somebody, right? Noah and his wife, he, he railed somebody on the boat. Unless, and it's, it's too, no, it's too grim to even think about. Did, uh, no, he didn't tag the animals, right? Noah's not going two by two on all these fucking animals. I hope not. Jesus Christ. Keeping your pants, Noah. Although not pants. He had a fucking sackcloth, right? Wasn't he wearing a cloth? I mean, he's got no money for clothes. What's he going to buy a pair of jeans? The guy's buying woods and hammers. That's all he's buying. He's buying fucking boards and hammers. The end. I mean, any disposable income that Noah gets, he's buying boards and hammers. He's not buying fucking jeans. Nobody's like, hey, nice boxer briefs, Noah. And he's like, hey, I bought a pack of three of them. No, you didn't. You bought nails. Shut the fuck up, Noah. Don't try to pretend you have disposable income that you went ahead and bought some sort of fancy outfit on. What if he did? What if, you know, how, how different is this world if Noah takes all the money that Jesus sent him to buy a, to buy a boat? Uh, he's like me, like when my mom went out of town and left me the bank account and I spent it all on fucking whatever the fuck, food and every other bullshit thing I didn't need to buy. Uh, what if Jesus said, all right, Noah, here, here's the thing. Here's a bank account and it's like a bunch of ARC money because I don't know if you know this, but I'm, I'm sending the ocean to flood the earth. There's going to be an ocean that falls from the skies. It's as if you were a giant snow globe filled with water. I'm going to shake it up. It'll be a constant storm. It's going to be, this is a careful estimate. I'm not going to tell you what, Noah. I haven't figured out for sure yet, but it's going to be 40 days of rain. Uh, and then Noah's like, what about the 40 nights? And, and Jesus is like, you know what? We'll take that under advisement. Good for you, Noah. But here you go. I'm putting this money in the bank and uh, you, you need to use this for boards and nails and hammers. Because I'll tell you what, I'm sure you think building a boat of this magnitude is going to be, well, it's certainly a task. But you'll I, I, I guarantee you, even no matter what your brain thinks. No matter how you think you have the unlimited capacity for understanding exactly what kind of supplies you're going to need to build an ark that carries all of the animals on Earth in pairs, let me tell you this, you're still wrong. You're still undershooting the amount of hammers you're going to have to purchase. Do you know how many fucking nails you're going to have to buy, Noah? Jesus, fuck. And probably some goddamn duct tape because you know the fucking hole's going to spring. Because in the middle of this fucking journey, some fucking uh, uh, goofy-ass bull is going to go, ah, I got to get out of here. It's crazy. So you don't, do me a favor. Do your best, Noah, not to get the claustrophobic bulls. We don't want claustrophobic bulls on the ark because then they'll freak out. They'll charge everybody. They'll try to bash a hole in the ark, and then you're going to sink. And then what? Let me ask you this. This is You probably don't think this is important. You're laughing. I see you laughing. You're laughing about the concept of claustrophobic bulls freaking out and punching holes in the side of the ark. Well, all right, that's fine. Ha ha, Noah, like we're all having fun, right? Isn't this great? Yeah, Jesus lighting it up with fucking jokes and everything. Uh, I can already see you're skeptical about the hammers and the nails, but please, please understand me. We have built three of these fucking arks in heaven already. And and I cannot tell you. I it's it's. You, you ever see this? Uh, what the symbol for infinity? Do you know the concept of infinity, Noah? That means endless, like forever. Like it means it just means forever and ever. Like there's no end in sight. 
And so we actually made a symbol for it. It's a, you know the number eight that we came up with, the Ocho, right? It's after the seven before the nine, right? There's an eight, okay? Now we tipped it on its side. If you tip it on its side, it looks like raccoon glasses you would put on your face, but it's not. That's the symbol for infinity. That's the symbol to say that this will never end. That's the symbol to basically be like, it's, it's basically like a band that keeps winding in on itself and you can't end. It's like a stock car racing track that would just go forever if you could ever build one of those things that worked. Do you know what I'm talking about, Noah? Okay, great. That's the concept of infinity. That should be applied to your list of nails and hammers when building the Ark. Because not only building the Ark itself, but then maintaining the repairs. Because then let's get back to what I was just talking about. If you bring claustrophobic bulls on the Ark, and I know you're thinking, what the fuck am I, a mental health professional? No, I'm a fucking, I'm a, I'm a boat builder, Jesus. That's what you're thinking about yourself, Noah, right? Although, weren't you like a poor salt farmer or whatever the fuck, and then I found you and gave you a message, and that's why everybody thinks you're fucking crazy? Because weren't you like homeless Joe hanging out at the vomitorium, and the fucking Romans are like, here you go, here's a couple of shekels for you, stupid. And you're like, oh, thank you very much. And then you went and bought some animals. Everybody's like, ah, Noah, salt farmer. Well, now I've come to you with this special message. So now everybody thinks you're bananas because you're listening to me voice in the sky uh, which is fine and that's great don't consider yourself important and that's why I'm saying don't spend any money on clothes for yourself you're still a poor downtrodden soul that's why I'm trusting you to save the entire animal race don't you understand Noah you're still a nobody a nothing in my eyes and that's why I've gone ahead and said to you hey do me a favor dedicate 10 years to building a giant boat and then going and finding all of the animals you possibly can, do little style, and throwing them on this fucking ship. Let me ask you this. I, the more I even talk about this, I'm unpeeling the onion on this, and I'm Jesus. This sounds impossible. I don't think you can do it, Noah. How about that? Are you the kind of guy who responds to that sort of challenge? I'm going to lay it at your feet. I don't think there's any way you could possibly go ahead and make this happen. You can build the giant... F- I bet you don't even get the boat built. How about that, Noah? I'm going to fucking throw that in your goddamn face. Let alone finding the animals. You're a fucking nobody. Like I said, you're out there hanging around, getting shekels from the Romans and whatever the fuck and trying to go ahead and just stay afloat. Taking a nip here and there, a little boom, boom, a little drink, a little, uh, little uh, Sunday sauce and knocking that down your throat. I don't understand it. I don't know what you're doing there, Noah. Why am I trusting you? Why am I making you the guy? Jesus, my dad is going to kill me. Uh, <laughs> but if you get a claustrophobic bull... Uh, on the boat. This is why it's very important. Listen to me. Because again, I'm not kidding. Rain is coming for 40 days. I like your 40 nights idea. We'll incorporate it and we'll try to figure it out. But imagine this, man. Imagine you're on the boat for 40 days and it rains for 40 days. Like, what if I'm right? All right, just Noah, presuppose everything else. I'm right. You you just, just presuppose that I'm correct about the fact that a 40-day fucking storm is about to kill all of your friends. And I don't want you to save any of them I just want you to save these animals. It's very important to me that you save the ants. You know those ants that you step on every day with your goofy-ass fucking sandals that you fucking shouldn't have bought with the shekels from the Romans, but yet you did because you thought they were beautiful? Noah, why do you care about beautiful shoes? Are you a shoe guy? I didn't have you as a shoe guy. Seems strange, but all right. I, You know what? I picked you for a reason because I think you're malleable. I think you'll do this because you're told because you're, suck- you're a sucker. I'm not going to lie to you. Noah, you're kind of a sucker. Uh, And what else are you doing? Like I said, you're out begging. So, of course, you're going to build a giant fucking boat when a booming voice in the sky tells you to. You're exactly the type of guy who would do that. You think a rich guy would build a fucking boat if I was like, boom, hello, Horatio, build a giant boat. And Horatio's going to be like, "Um, fuck off, I'm running a business here. Oh, Horatio, your business will be consumed by flame and fire and also rain for 40 days. In addition to building this boat, hear me out. Please find two snakes. I'm sorry, what's that? Yes, I need you to find two snakes and save them. And if you don't do it, bad things. And also, could you possibly also find two gecko lizards and two tortoises? 
Um, a lot of amphibians and reptiles on this boat. Ah, oh, silence! You can also find horses. We like them, too. Find two of every animal. All of them. Uh, all right, uh, God, this, uh, what are you, God, Jesus, who are you? Don't ask any questions. I'm the voice in the sky. I, fine. Uh, but again, who's going to run my business if I build a giant boat? And that's where that conversation ends with Horatio, Noah. But you, you're stupid. I know you. You'll build a boat just because I told you to, which is fine. And you're not scared of snakes. You're going to go find a bunch of snakes, aren't you? I'm willing to bet that you've already found the snakes, haven't you, Noah? Have you picked out the snakes? How prescient are you, Noah? Let me ask you this. Did you dedicate your life to thinking, oh, you know what? If only a giant voice in the sky would tell me to build a boat and save two of every animal, I know which snakes I'm going to pick out exactly. Snacks? Did I say snacks? Don't pick any snacks out. No, I'll pick snakes out. Uh, are you that kind of guy, Noah? You're, you seem like a guy whose plans ahead. Uh, that seems like a very specific plan to have the exact two snakes that you're going to save in case a booming voice in the sky tells you to b- build a giant boat because it's going to rain for 40 days and, and then you'll suggest 40 nights as well. Again, got to give you fucking props on that idea. Hadn't even thought about it, Noah, but good for you for throwing 40 nights into the jam. That's going to make this flood even more of a fucking big deal. And fuck Horatio and his ridiculous rug business. That thing's going under. <laughs> I might, you know what? I might make this a, a localized storm over Horatio's rug palace just for the first 10 days to send a fucking message. What if I proved a point with Horatio and just made him sit there and get fucking wet for 10 days, huh? That's right. That'd still be 30 days to ruin the rest of the goddamn planet as you're floating around with a goddamn fucking, uh, what else could you save? Donkeys? We got those already. I got to think of another animal sometimes. My, my brain always goes to wombats and ocelots because my dad named them weird. No, I couldn't possibly think of any other animals. Uh, I don't know, a coyote? Save a couple of coyotes, too. Save them all. How about that? You know what? Let's not be specific. I don't want to have to tell you what animals to save, what animals to leave behind. Save all the fucking animals. Get a lady and a man of each animal. Bring them on the boat. Polar bear? Yes. Penguin, of course. Where are you going to find them in the desert? Don't fucking ask me. All right, buddy? And you got a couple of days to do this. Well, I'll give you a month. Uh, a year? How long did it take Noah to even build the fucking ark? I'm not a Bible guy. Did that, was that a thing where they were like, hey, yeah, take as much fucking time as you can here, Noah. Do me a favor. <laughs> and also, all right, like, I'm going to say this. This is the kind of shit that makes people mad at Jesus. Or the book. Or the, fuck, or, or the, the, the instructional pamphlet. Whatever the fuck you want to call it. That, that Jesus has put out called the Bible or whatever dudes wrote. Jesus didn't write it again. Jesus is busy skateboarding and banging chicks. He's not fucking writing a book. He relied on a bunch of idiots to write the book. And of course, this is Jesus. Is, he's like, you will tell my story, my sons, with only two uh, prerequisites. One, leave no stone unturned. Please let all of our deeds here be known. And please make sure everyone believes in the way, in the name of the Lord. And two, Make me look cool. That's it. It's all I care about, man. Convince everybody there's a way they need to follow of the Lord and whatever the fuck, and they're all sheep in the flock, and please make me look cool. Let me do some goddamn ollies, some kickflips. Just get me skateboarding around. Do something like that. Make me look like a cool dude. Well, they, they, they didn't know what cool was. See, Jesus knew cool. Look at the fucking guy. He's fucking, uh, you know, he's from, and he's from Africa. He's fucking half... Uh, 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 I guess African isn't that what he's all African he was born in Africa right or I don't know he's born in the sky and then he got he gets sent to Africa like E.T. I don't know man I, I don't read your book all I know is like everybody's got the like I said the Christian white Jesus on the fucking crucifix and then everybody else has got the no 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 Jesus looks a lot more like Idris Elba but with longer hair and it's like mm, all right I can see that too um but Jesus was like, just make me look cool. That's all that matters in the goddamn book. But the thing is, these old fucking white dudes, they didn't know what looked cool. They're not sure. 
Like Jesus is like, oh man, this is totally awesome. Remember when I kept that party just fucking raging all night long? Tell them about that. And then they're like, he took a fish and he made a lot of fish. And then he took a, a lot of wine and he and he, he one glass of wine and he made it a bunch of wine. He fed everybody. It was delightful. He's like, that ain't cool. Jesus Christ. You got to act like I was like, boom, boom, hot Cheetos for everybody, baby. Uh, and I, by the way, I don't think I didn't pick hot Cheetos for a reason. Hot Cheetos, for some reason, have become the go-to food stuff for everybody in the world now. They're on, I see them everywhere. They're coating chicken. They're coating katsu, uh, katsu pork patties. Uh, people are putting them right on hamburgers. I don't understand the hot Cheeto phenomenon. I just don't. I, I, um, I think it's, it's more of a denigration of our culture. I think it's, uh, I, I, you know what else I saw the other day? Mountain Dew ice cream. What the fuck has happened to this world? And I eat this shit. That's the thing. I would bite Mountain Dew ice cream just to tell you fucking about it. Just to go, hey, here's my report. Hot Cheetos like, are like tackies. Uh, and because and, there's a billion snack foods. You know, I walk down the fucking aisle. There's a billion snack foods. And it makes me laugh every time because I'm just like, I don't know. Someone just wasn't satisfied with potato chips. They're like, hey, what if we took potato chips and we put some salt on them? All right, cool. What if we put sea salt on them? Great. What if we put sea salt and black pepper on them? All right. What if we put sea salt and vinegar on them? Hey, fucking slow down, chip guy. What the fuck is your problem? Jesus Christ, Pete Potato. Give everybody a fucking day off. Nope. Here they come. Street taco. Natural hot chicken. Pizza. I tried the pizza chips. There's, uh, well, I tried all these pizzas, all these chips. But there's pizza chips that just came out from Lay's. They're like kettle chips. And here's the thing. Uh, they've done this in the past. Like, they keep making pizza-flavored things. You know me. I don't like watermelon. But I like watermelon-flavored things. Uh, but but with the same thing with... But I love pizza. But pizza-flavored things are always the same. It's like just... They're just... Uh, they just taste like tomato. That's it. They, they every Every pizza that you get at like a good pizza place tastes like an awesome pizza and you always think it was made by Mario from the Mario brothers right big fucking bushy mustache hi it's a me special pizza here to go he's throwing it in the air hits the ceiling doesn't care spinning it and he's like I, 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 amore. he's just making you a pizza in the kitchen which is awesome um but then you, you eat the crackers or whatever the fuck. You eat the pizza goldfish or you eat the, the pizza combos. or And you're just like, oh, man, I, I don't. Who, who found one of the most delicious vegetables you could ever imagine? It might be a fruit. Don't fucking argue with me. I don't have any idea, really. Uh, it's a delicious. It's juicy. It is uh, a tomato is a lovely thing. Oh, my God. You know what? Have you ever just had a perfect tomato? God damn, you know what? BLTs are, are they, you can't, because BLTs, you need B, you need L, you need T. You need them all. They work in concert. BTs aren't bad. The L's just there for crunch, and we've already gotten the lettuce a couple of weeks ago. Jesus, don't let me start that fucking conversation again. But still, you need the T in BLT, because it's got like that kind of, uh, it's got that flavor that offsets the bacon so perfectly. Teas are great. Put a T on any sandwich you got. I, just, I love a tomato. I'm a fan. But... Anything tomato flavored, well, man, like manufactured tomato flavored. Like you make, if you make Sunday gravy at your house, that's fine. That's a delicious tomato sauce and it's lovely. But if you make a tomato soup or a tomato juice or, or a tomato, who, who in their fucking right mind is like, you know what? I like these fucking crackers. You know what would be really good on them? Tomato powder. And the guy he's sitting there with is like, I don't even know you anymore. I, what the fuck, man? Why don't we just get some fresh tomatoes and slice them up? And then, and then eat them as discs on top of the crackers. Wouldn't that be a lovely canapé? And he's like, nope. 
I couldn't possibly be bothered. Bothered what? Bothered with getting a tomato and slicing it? Yeah, I, I'm not about that. No, here's what I'm about. I'm about finding some delicious tomatoes and then dehydrating them into a powder. You know, the kind of powder that if it gets in your mouth, you're annoyed and you're fucking sick for the rest of the goddamn day. You ever have that happen? Like you get fucking powder in your mouth. Oh, my God. I, you know, I did this. I swear to God, I did this one time when I was a kid. Uh, we were at Gala West. I was a kid. I was fucking 18, whatever the fuck. Um, we were at Gala West, which is this pool hall. And we were playing pool or whatever the fuck. And, um, you know, it's you, you got there's pool chalk. You know what I mean? There's like the pool chalk you put on your hands. And then there's the pool, the chalk that goes on the fucking cue, the blue stuff. But they also had the white triangle that you like kind of wipe on your hand to get your hand, whatever. And again, that's there for nobody. The hustler is not coming to Gala West. All right. Jackie Gleason's not in the corner waiting to challenge ridiculous fucking high school junior from Naperville North who can't get into bars. So he goes to this pool hall to shoot. Um, so nobody needs the chalk. Nobody needs you to bring your fucking, you know, don't be. I know some guy wanders right out of a Thorogood video with a pool fucking stick in a case. Da, 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 and fucking opens it up. It's like everybody, everybody in the place wants to beat that guy's ass at that point. There's like, oh, oh man, fuck off, buddy. Put that stick away. Nobody's interested. Um, but the chalk was there. So like I, I had, you know, I, I and again, I chalked up my hands because I, I want to pr- look like I know what I'm doing, I guess. I don't fucking know because I look, I suck at pool. It's one of those things, again, that I have just I pool and chess and scrabble. I, I don't know if I just it's just I have a fried fucking ADD head or whatever, but just I know how to play them. I know how to shoot pool. I know how to fucking I know how to play chess. I know how to fucking play Scrabble, but I'm and you'd think I'd be good at Scrabble because I can come up with some stupid words. Right. But I, but then again, also fucking Scrabble's all about the goddamn hidden words that you don't know. You're just like you're playing a guy and he's like, ah, there you go. Thirty five word score. You're like, what is a bleep blorp? And he's just like, what are you talking about, man? Look it up. And then you get the Scrabble dictionary. And for some fucking reason, guess what's there? Bleep blorp. And it turns out, and it literally it'll say something like, uh, what ha- it's, it's almost like a Karnak thing. You're like, there's no such thing as a bleep blorp. He's like, get out the dictionary. And you fucking rough through the pages. <laughs> and you look and you go, okay, bleep blorp. The act of blorping your bleep. <laughs> and you're just like, I don't, bleep's not a word. Blorp's not a shut up. You know what? Fuck you. Roger Scrabble says it is. So guess what? I just bleeped your blorp, motherfucker. 35 wood score. Woo! Uh, and then the guy spikes the game and then fucking tiles go all over the place. And then fucking weeks later with your couch roaches, you're also finding a Z between your ass cheeks. Um, the fuck was I talking about before that? It was a game, right? Wasn't there some stupid game? Scrabble, chess, tomato powder, pool. So, uh, (laughs) I was at Kayla West and again, I don't, I don't, I just, I can't. I just, I just shoot pool too fast. You know what I mean? I know there's angles. I watched, look, I watched the Donald Duck movie when I was a kid about geometry, hit the ball on this side, put spin over here and it hits this ball and it makes it spin there. And I can do a masse and I'm, you know, I'm not Willie fucking Moscone, whatever the fuck. But, uh, but it's fun to play and it's easy. Cause again, it's one of those things where you're like, anybody can shoot pool. Anybody can shoot baskets. You know, but if you're, you got to be good at it, you got to work at it. But I mean, shoot pool. It's just, hey, do me a favor. Take this stick and hit this ball into this other ball. Done. That's it. You learn that right out of the womb. And that's not even a joke. I'm not kidding. If you go right now to a hospital and they got that room with the fucking incubator where they keep all the kids in a goddamn hot box, there's also a pool table in the corner. 
Baby just rolls over there and kink, 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 kink. He's on the break. Uh, oftentimes, remember when people used to pass out cigars? Uh, yeah, they would pass out cigars to the, their friends. And they would pass out tiny cue sticks inside the actual hyperbaric chamber where they keep the babies uh, in the little fucking baby house where they're all fucking sw- everybody looks through the window and they're like oh it's like that little fucking it's like a zoo it's like a baby zoo oh did anybody ever think about that concept hey you dicks I don't want my baby in the baby zoo give him a fucking room give him a bed don't put my baby in some crib with a lid on it my baby's not Tupperware fucking safe that just seems terrible but I guess they're pumping in oxygen and shit like that and they're trying to keep him alive. Oh, these idiots. Way to go trying to keep this fucking kid alive. Like, that's what I want you to do. I'm going to keep, you know what? Yeah, do me a favor. Keep that kid alive so eventually when he gets older, he can have a kid and then kill all of his friends and himself with cigars. You see how that works? I just passed out cancer to celebrate a new life because what I'm doing is it's a circle of life itself. Oh, look, I have a new baby. That means he's going to take your place, idiots. Here's cigars for all of you. Get cancer. And everybody's like, yay, puff, 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 death. Um, have you guessed by this point? I have nothing to talk about this week. I I have done. I literally, I don't (laughs) man. Oh man. Oh man. What, what a ridiculous, uh, terrible nonsense life we lead these days. Right? Right. Uh, go listen to last week's show. That one was great. Very little Noah talk. Uh, wasn't I going to finish? See, this is going to be one of those shows that I regret because there's a bunch of things I didn't finish. And, uh, and I could have finished them, but I pinwheeled off my brain to betrayed me. Uh, and then, I, oh, so fuck yeah, Gayla West, let's finish that. I'm at the pool hall. <laughs> so I'm at the pool hall, and they got the chalk that you can put on your hands and the blue chalk that goes in your fucking stick. Anyway, uh, I had a hangnail, like one of my fucking fingers. And I remember sh- I remember it vividly because I went in and I was like, uh, I, I went to bite the hangnail. And it was that thing again where you, you know, you can't, j- nobody cleanly bites off a hangnail. You try to. Uh, because all of a sudden you're, tr- you know, you're trying literally that's just as bad as trying to play operation. Don't touch the sides. Eh. You know, it's just uh, another game, by the way, I was never good at because I was just like, what the fuck, man? I just want to take out his wrenched ankle for one hundred dollars. But if you touch the sides, you get the fucking. And, and, and also. Nobody's good at operation. If you get operation, the whole goal is to hear the buzzer and watch the nose light up. That's it. I don't give a fuck about pulling your bones out, idiot. I just want to watch your nose go crazy. You naked fuck. Here's a picture of a naked guy. Stick some fucking tweezers in him. Ugh. That seems like a bad lesson to teach kids. Hey, here's a naked guy. Stick your tweezers in his holes. <laughs> oh, what a mess. That should have been their slogan. They probably would have sold a lot more of that game. Uh, would have been big at fucking like all those sub-dom joints or whatever the fucking dungeons. They would have been like, hey, hey, hey here's, a, here's a naked dude. Go ahead and stick your tweezers in all of his holes. Uh, because they, you just wanted to go and watch his nose light up. Nobody, nobody, I, nobody in their right mind is like, Oh my God, we've got to save this patient. No, no. When you got an operation, you wanted to kill the guy because you wanted to hear the fucking buzzerusku. That's it. That was the whole game. Uh, and I know someone's going to write me and go, uh, actually, Mike, I enjoyed operation. It taught me great hand-eye coordination and I'm an architect who gets to work without a slide rule. Shut up. Uh, but write me, please. Tell me about your architecture and slide rules. Uh, so I'm, I have a hangnail, right? And so again, it's that thing where you're just, you're trying to, you gotta bite it because you can't just fuck. I have no clippers with me. I'm a kid. Uh, so I'm trying to bite it, but you can never bite it off cleanly. And also you can never stop playing with whatever's left. Even if, if if you have a hangnail, it's three inches long, which I know seems long. All right. Um, but that, that's the kind (laughs) of, that's the kind of hangnail you get if you own an antique shop in Chinatown. And I, I understand that. Uh, and how do I know that? Because I received an atypically ornate letter from Chinatown telling me to come to my antique shop and pick up this gremlin. All right. Um, 
So you get this hangnail, right? And you bite it off. Well, then you, you bite off two inches, then you got an inch of it left. Then you bite off a, a half an inch of that, you still got a half inch left. And you can't stop. You keep thinking to yourself, you know what? I'm going to be done here. Once I get this hangnail, I'm going to I'm gonna fucking. And because um, you also want to pull it like a ripcord. But you can't do that because it'll, uh, it'll, it'll, because look, you fuck with it, you fuck with it, you fuck with it. And then you're like, I'm that's it. Once for all, I'm pulling this out. And then you bite it and you yank. And then all of a sudden, you know what? Your spleen comes out, your fucking fingertip. And you're like, oh, what did I do? That was fucking dumb. I, I should have known that was connected to something. Uh, but you can't fucking limit yourself. You're just like, you're fucking, because you're fingering it. And you're moving it back and forth like a little lever. You're trying to play with it. And you're dicking around with it. So we're shooting pool. And uh, I don't know if you know this. I'm very good at pool. And you need your hands to be in tip top shape. So I have this hangnail, right? So I chomp on the fucking hangnail, get half of it off, chomp, get the, you know, another two thirds of it off. And now it's just there, and it's, now it's like a little lever, and it's in my fucking finger, and it's driving me crazy, and, I'm, and it's hurting my game. I'm not going to lie to you. Absolutely hurting my game. Uh, at this point, I've only defeated 18 of the 30 people who are in the pool room, and the other 12 are waiting in line for their shot. And I am, I am collecting money like you wouldn't fucking believe, because I am just, I am fucking Naperville fats. I am cleaning house. Bolingbrook fats in the house. And I am just, uh... <laughs> That's got to be the name of the show, right? Doesn't it? I think so. All right, let's do that. Let's write down a time code. So I remember the name of the show. Uh, what if I just wrote down the name of the show? Let's do that. All right. There we go. There's the name of the show. Uh, hold on, everybody. This is what happens when you don't have a producer. When you're, you know, We're keeping it indie with Mike Schmidt, uh, at least for now. I, <laughs> there might be something happening in the future, but I'll tell you about that if it ever fucking comes to fruition. Waiting on an email. Uh, waiting on several emails. Eh, you know, I'm waiting. I'm just waiting on a friend. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm out on a stoop with Mick Jagger and his dumb hat. Oh, that hat looks good. I bet you got a free bowl of soup with that hat. Uh, hey, I just watched Caddyshack. Maybe I'll talk about that in a second. Um, so I'm in a pool hall, right? And I, and I got the hangnail and I'm working on it. I'm biting it. and I'm getting it down to the nub, right down to the old fucking nail nub. And then it's still there and I'm fucking around with it. And as I've said, I'm crushing everybody at pool. Some of this is true. Some of it isn't. But yet I'm still, I'm working this thing. And I'm like, all right, here's the thing. I got to fucking chomp this. So, uh, so I, I lean in and now you got to lean way in. Like your fingers basically in your mouth at this point. And, uh, and so I, I bite, I, I latch onto it and then I just fucking yank. I just, I just fucking tear it out of my goddamn finger like an extra in the walking dead trying to get uh, on camera more. I mean, I'm, I'm just that dude. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get noticed on camera amidst all the other zombies. I, I pull this hangnail out with a, with a fucking whip of my neck. Like you would, like I'm throwing my hair. You know what? You want to watch me whip? You want to watch me? Nay, nay. You want me to tear a nail out of my nail bed? I did it, man. I did it way, way, way in the past at fucking Gala West. So I tear it. And I think I actually yelped like, I, because it was like it felt it hurt so bad, and so I instinctively put my finger in my mouth. You know that thing where you're just like, oh, you know, and just uh, and look, who among you doesn't instinctively put your fingers in your mouths all the goddamn time? I, I'm, I, you know what? My hands up in the air, right? That's all I'm doing is sucking on fingers all day long outside the tasty freeze. Uh, <laughs> got her hands between her knees, uh, hangnail between her knees. Oh, Jackie, that uh, Apple Star. Diane's up town. Want to see it? Oh, Jackie's car. Uh, so I yelp as I pull this fucking fingernail, fucking hang thing, whatever the fuck, out of my out of the bed of my finger, and uh, and I jam my finger into my mouth. As you do, you revert to childhood instantly where you're just like, oh, I need to I need to whatever, suck the pain out somehow. And you jam your finger in your mouth. Well, I here's the thing I forgot. 
I've been crushing everybody at pool to and fro. I'm just I'm leaving uh, bodies in my wake. They've all they're all everybody in the room is behind the eight ball, courtesy of me. Uh, so I've been playing pool for a couple hours and I've got that stupid white chalk on my hands and also the blue chalk on my fingers from chalking up whatever the fuck the stick. And, uh, and so I jammed this thing in my mouth and it, it's, it's, it's like I licked the beach. It is, it is just fucking because the nail, you know, the two nail things are in there. So it's still a little grainy. And then it's just this chalky fucking powdery oh my i can't even explain it it's like uh you ever uh, all right you know what here here this this will tell you you know what a slip and slide is you ever see when they put the slip and slide in the yard and somebody runs and they dive down it and they slide down the wet slip and slide okay imagine running toward a slip and slide and you jump in the air to dive and you realize there's no water on it whatsoever and you just fucking stop you just, and it and you kind of bounce and, it's, and it just leaves this huge fucking raspberry all the way down your body because it was too dry to do anything, man. It was fucking, it was ridiculous. So that's all of the moisture in my mouth goes away as I put this chalk laden finger between my fucking lips and I just, I dry the fuck out. I, I've got like a pucker on my face. Oh my God, dudes, blue tongue, you know what I mean? And then just, and just the other residual fucking white chalk powder that I didn't even need to use. So I got chalk and powder in my mouth at the same time. That is just... That is the Leopoldan lobe of fucking spit attacks. And it is taking out every bit of moisture I could possibly have in my body. I just, I literally turned into a pool shooting raisin at that point. I was just like, all of my moisture went into the nail bed to try to compensate. And I did the chalk just fucking sucked it out. And I, I, I I looked, I was a husk. I was just a husk. I was, I looked like, you know what? I looked like they had opened the Ark of the Covenant and that laser had gone through me and somehow I had turned into this like fucking body with nothing in it. I had just, all of my moisture was fucking completely gone. So that's why I tell you, don't, don't get powder or chalk in your mouth. Why did I even start this? I don't even fucking know. I have no idea. Again, man, I got no, I got no answers for any of you today. (laughs) My life is, is, uh. This is this is a grasping at straws show. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm trying to I'm trying to do what I can. I you know what I did last week? I did uh, what did I do? I watched Inception for the first time ever, and that put me in my goddamn place. I'll tell you this. I fucking uh, last week's show. I was high. Like I was I was fucking I was strutting around like I was the king of the world. I I thought I was fucking podcasting Pete, and I was ready to fuck up everybody. I was like, you know what, man? Nobody can do this. I'm, I am the greatest at this. Last week, I, I busted out this fucking show, and I and I was I was killing it. I was fucking killing it. I was like, you know what? I was fucking ridiculous carnival of nonsense in the beginning, and then we stopped on a dime. We talked about fucking uh, uh, social issues and what's going on in the world for you know however long. And uh, I was I was like, yeah, no, you can't stop me. You can't fucking handle me. I'm I'm so I was I was preening. I even wrote on the fan club page. I'm just like, you know what, motherfuckers? Uh, I say this too much, but I'm I'm nobody can do what I fucking do. Share this show, da da da. And uh, and then I watched Inception. <laughs> the, on Tuesday night, uh, Beej and I had a movie night, and she recommended it because I hadn't seen it. I have never watched Inception, and 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 it's the 10 year anniversary of it. So people are starting to put out retrospectives about it, and I was curious because again, it was one of those things where, as you know, with me. If I don't see something kind of right away, I lose interest in it where I'm just like, yeah, I can't do this. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but 
it always feels like there's nothing left for me to see because everybody else has seen it. So all the joy and excitement is gone from seeing it. And I know that's crazy. It's, it's, it's the philosophy I used to have with newspapers. I told you if somebody asked to borrow my sports section, I'd go keep it and I'd just buy another newspaper because it drove me fucking crazy. I don't, I don't, you've, you're now, you've read all of the words. You've taken all of the scores out of it. I couldn't possibly go ahead and read this at all. It's yours. Uh, it's a strange way to be and I'm doing what I can to fix it, but it exists. But when she said Inception, I was really, I realized I'm like, you know what? I, you know, Christopher Nolan and, and DiCaprio, why the fuck wouldn't I watch this? I, I, I've always been curious about it. It's always been on my list, like on my Netflix watch list and stuff, but I always just kind of scroll by it to find something else. And she's, she recommended it. I said, all right, cool. And she'd actually seen this because normally we're watching movies that I've seen that she hasn't seen where I'm, I'm basically introducing her to this. Oh my God, you got to see this. You got to see that. Uh, trying very carefully not to monopolize it and make her the person who has to sit and watch what I say. You know what I mean? It's this, I'll, I'll be like, well, do you, uh, you ever see the social network? And she'll be like, no. And I go, we should, you know, we should really watch it. It's fucking fantastic. But at the same time, uh, if there's something you'd prefer to watch that, you know, you should mention it. And she's like, no, I haven't seen this. Absolutely. Let's see it. And I have, you know me, I got fucking good credit to her that she's watching all these fucking masculine movies, you know, just drama man type fucking, you know, I made her, she watched thief. Uh, she watched fucking devil's rejects. You know, she's just, uh, she's a yes, which makes me happy. So, but then she mentioned inception and it made me, I was like, yeah, you know what? Fuck. Yeah. I got to see that. And I watched it and look, I don't know if you've seen it. I'm not going to spoil anything. All I'm going to tell you is I had the same feeling I had when I watched black Hawk down in a theater with Jimmy Pardo in in El Paso, Texas. And, uh, and the same kind of feeling I had when I watched Mad Max Fury Road in the Cinerama Dome here in Los Angeles. Uh, and to a smaller extent, the, the same feeling I had when I saw Avatar. Uh, even though I recognized that Avatar's script was garbage, I thought the technical achievement was just astonishing. Like I was like, well, I could never do that. When I watched Black Hawk Down, there's a chase through the streets of Mogadishu. And, and it's just this endless maze and there's guys in windows and the filming of the guys in the windows. I just, I, I had to think about, cause look, I've worked, brace yourselves. I've worked on a movie. I've worked on a TV show. So I know what coverage is. I know when you have to constantly do the same shot over and over. And, and that's just with people doing comedy and the stuff that I've been in. It's just people talking. I haven't been involved in anything with any real complex stunts or anything like that. So in this, in Black Hawk Down, there's a chase to the streets of Mogadishu. There's dudes running on rooftops. There's dudes shooting out of windows. And we're getting their view from the windows and their view from the rooftops and also the view from the caravan of fucking United States uh, vehicles, the convoy that's going through and trying to avoid getting fucking executed. And just the the editing of it and the shots, the, you know, the very fact that they had to film all the stuff from the rooftops and they'd film all the stuff from the windows, from the, the sniper eye point of view, they had to film all the stuff from the moving caravan and looking up at the windows and the rooftops with the guys who were up there, you know, it wasn't just like they had to fill in this stuff. You got to film all that. And then you have to build it and put it together. You have to make it a thing. And, uh, I'm overwhelmed by that. You know, I just told you I don't want to get good at chess because I can't sit there and analyze all the angles and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I, I don't. I'm 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 constantly fascinated by anybody who can do anything with that level of expertise. You know, it's like when I when I talk about David doing his music, like I, I don't like I can pick up a guitar and fuck around. I can, I can't play you a note that sounds good, but I can fake tap on it and I can fuck around with the thing. And I I know I know what kind of sounds are supposed to come out of a guitar. And I also know I can be taught to make those sounds come out of a guitar. 
But I also know that when I pick up a guitar, I'm just fucking around and I don't have the patience to sit there and go, okay, E, bring, no, that's wrong, bring, no, your hands have to go here, here, and here. And then I just want to Belushi the fucking guitar and leave shrapnel trips and fucking Stephen Stills' hair. I mean, I, I don't even want to fuck around with it at that point. Uh, Stephen Bishop? Stephen Stills? I forget which Stephen it is off the top of my head. Uh, I, and I, here's the thing I will do, you know, this will be a 90 minute comedy show and I'll get three emails telling me which Steven it was, uh, <laughs> where people just, that's what I'll that's the feedback I'll get from the show. Everybody will be like, Hey, uh, Hey dummy. It was this Steven. I'm like, great. Uh, <laughs> I think it's Steven stills, right? Or is it Steven Bishop? I can't, God damn it. I know he gave his love a cherry. I know that. Um, so I know, you know so, so when I see David, he can play all those instruments and shit like that. He can play piano and stuff. Like, I, again, I can make noise come out of a piano. But to make joyful no, noise come out of a piano, I would have to have some inherent gift as well as the aptitude to work at it. And guess what I don't have? Either of those. So when I saw, uh, and, and Mad Max Fury Road, just the, look, imagining that movie, you know, coming up with the concepts of that movie is is daunting enough but then yeah you know we're gonna have we're gonna have a giant truck with a dude playing a flame-throwing guitar on the front he's chained up and he's playing the war song as they go into fucking battle and they're shiny and chrome and valhalla and this guy runs the water and he and and uh i I mean it's and there's fucking furiosa and then these girls and the pregnancy and it's i mean just it's you're you're slack-jawed looking at it thinking about it all of those things and, and imagine trying to create it and not just create it on paper, but then make it come to life. Good Christ, these are talented people. And then I saw Inception. Now, with the 10-year anniversary, there's a lot of people going uh, to look back at it, to re-examine it. And I had seen a couple of these. I don't, I didn't read them. I just read kind of the... There was snarky stuff on Facebook and Twitter, but then there were some in-depth articles as well, which I wasn't going to read because, again, I didn't see the movie. But I saw the the, the one-line stuff or the, the thing that was a couple of sentences and uh, I started to see a trend toward people saying, uh, yeah, revisited Inception. Uh, you know, it's been 10 years and it still doesn't make sense. Or, hey, man, just looked at Inception and realized that it betrays its own universe. Still, they didn't fix it. You know, I just again, the curse of our times, everybody having a megaphone. And I saw those things. And again, I don't know the movie. So I'm like, all right, well, I don't know. Maybe they're and again, maybe they're right. I mean, I haven't seen it. I can't be like, oh, boo, shut up. But also it made a fuck ton of money. And I've seen enough people say it's a it's a fucking classic that I, I was like, well, I was always curious and it was on my list. So she mentioned it. I said, all right. So we watched it last Tuesday and I'm coming off the high of doing what I consider to be a fucking badass fucking walk off home run of a podcast on Monday. And then we sit and we watch Inception and it starts and, uh, you know, they're at Ken Watanabe's palace. Then they're on the train. Uh, then they're figuring out the architect and they get an offer they need and they need uh, a forger. They, you know, they just the language of it. I'm, I'm picking up the language and watching it. And I will say this, you know, I, I it's got and, and then it's got DiCaprio and it's got Ken Watanabe and it's got fucking Joseph Gordon uh, Levitt and it's got Ellen Page and it's got Michael Caine and it's got Tom Berenger and then it's got Tom fucking Hardy and it's got the guy who plays the chemist and I unfortunately his name escapes me who's also he's really good and uh 
and I'm I'm watching this unfold, and again I'm paying attention to it, and it's that thing where you're trying to keep track of the language and the story, but I was I was following it fine, I was okay. In the middle, I got a little cloudy, but then things happened that broke through the logjam for me. So I was like, okay, cool, I know what they're doing here, I know what this is, um, and storytelling in basically four different worlds. With with there's there's a scene. There's a ton of wire work for Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's essentially in a non-gravity atmosphere. And he has to go... His task is to find some people who are incapacitated, and he has to get them from one place to another. So he managed to get there somehow in, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of um, reality being turned inward on itself. I don't, I don't want to say too much of what's happening, but and again, I know it's been ten years. Maybe you saw it. Maybe you didn't. Who knows? But if you haven't seen it, you know I don't want to be the guy who spoils it for you. So, but Joseph Gordon-Levitt has to do this, and he he devises a way to get these people where he needs them to go. And and I I don't want to say, hey fuck, I should just tell you, he there again. It's it's like five human beings, and he has to get them somewhere, and they're incapacitated. They can't move. And he figures out a way to do it. And I think it was the plan all along. But for when he started to do it, I was like, no, come on. And then he did it. And I'm like, this is genius. This is fucking genius. In addition to that, in the other worlds. And again, it's just it's just amazing actors doing cool stuff in, in a crazy place. And you watch it. And, and the whole time, then I Google it while it's going on because I have to know. Like, I wanted to know the source material. I want to know if this came from a graphic novel, if it came from a series of science fiction books, uh, what famous, you know, science, which H.P. Lovecraft, which fucking Ray Bradbury, what genius was behind this idea? Uh, who thought of this entire concept and, and how did Christopher Nolan adapt it for the screen? And then I Google it. And it's uh, written and directed by Christopher Nolan. And I just, you know, I'm watching the movie. Things are still happening. It's fucking crazy what's going on. And uh, I, I just, I laughed. Like, I, I laughed out loud and put the phone down and kept watching. Because in my mind, I'm just like, you know what? Yesterday, which was Monday, last week, I, I thought to myself, you know what, man? You, you, you've just done something nobody else can do. I truly felt that last Monday where I'm like, I just fucking crushed a podcast that, that, no one could this is this is off the top of my fucking head speed of my you know i always call it the, uh, talking at the speed of my head making stuff up no script uh just as close as you're ever going to get to a comedian actually creating bits in real time you know and there are other comedians who work like this there i i you know the more i see my friend chris fairbanks you know I, he he's very much in the same vein where it sounds like, but I, I don't know how I'd like to talk to, to Chris and find out how much of his stuff is actually scripted where he's able to write himself to go off on these tangents. But he always, you know, in, in when you see a stand up, go watch rescue cactus. Like I said, it's really, it's crazy funny, but, um, but he always makes it seem like here. I will say this about me and Chris. He always makes it seem like it's, it's, it's being created in the moment, which is great. But at the same time, he's a, he does it a little slower than I do. And I, I'm not saying that in some fucking, you know, gunslinger way. It's just a different presentation because he may work like me when he's writing, but then 
he slows it down so it's palatable for an audience. You know what I mean? Uh, I I just come firing at you, and I hope you get. I hope you're picking up what I'm laying down. But if you're not, then we kind of don't suffer any fools and move on to the next thing. Uh, you know, one second we're talking about tomato powder, the next thing you know, I'm t- I'm saying let's give everybody cancer because my baby just got born. You know what I mean? It's just that thing where you're kind of. I, I don't I don't stop. Uh, and I don't know if that would get again on stage. It's different. Timing is different. Live crowd is different. It's all different. Um, but I'm sure Chris could speak extemporaneously off the top of his head. And, and I don't know if he could do it for, you know, two hours, but I mean, maybe he could anyway, who gives a fuck? The point is last Monday, I thought I did something special. And then Tuesday I watched inception and, uh, and I realized that, uh, that, that there's no hope. <laughs> I realized there was no reason to 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 walk around swinging my dick uh, around, going, "Hey, man, look at me!" I'm the fucking king. Uh, and then you watch Inception, you're like, "Wait a minute!" Because then here's another thing: you watch Inception, and you're like, "Holy shit! This guy wrote and directed this. It has a perfect ending, by the way. It, it, it the movie has a perfect ending, and uh, it ended, and I just sat there, and I was like, God." I, and then I had to go, you know what? Also, this guy did dark Knight. This guy did, uh, I, I mean, he just the, the list of movies that he's done is, is absolutely insane. And you're like, wait a minute. So I, wait, I, I thought I did something good. Like I, and, and I did, there's no, that's the thing is I can't run myself down and be like, Oh yeah, no, I did this. I did that. And I, I'm the greatest, but then uh, now I stink because of him and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 man. You can't, you can't fucking be like that. You can't do that. You have to understand that, you know, things are different. And yet this guy did inception. This guy did Dark Knight. This guy did fucking The Prestige. He did the fucking Prestige. You ever see The Prestige? Holy Jesus, is it perfect. Uh, and and uh, he's now Tenet is out, which it's funny. Tenet comes out and I'm watching Inception and people are like, uh, Tenet is confusing. And I'm just like, all right, I don't. I, but still, you talk about a guy swinging for fucking home runs. This guy did Memento for fuck's sake. And you're and you're you're. And I know you're not supposed to fucking let guys coast on their laurels or whatever the fuck. But if you ever think about criticizing a fucking Christopher Nolan movie, just in your brain, just go, yeah, you know what? But he did Inception. Yeah, the guy did fucking The Prestige and fucking Memento. And I th- and fucking, what was the other one? Fucking Insomnia. He did Insomnia. I mean, it's just, you can't, you can't argue with this track record. You can't argue with the talent. And like I said, I, you know me, like I said, I have a fairly high opinion of myself a lot of the time regarding what I do and how I do it and how nobody else can do it. And then I watch this, not even it, it, less a movie than it is an achievement memento. And just to, you know, writing, if you wrote memento, you would go, I don't ever have to work again. It's like, it's, that's a walk off home run. But then if you directed Memento, you'd be like, ah, oh, look at this movie I just made. I'm a fucking genius. But if you wrote and directed Memento, you'd be like, ah, you know what? I don't need to do anything ever again. Or Inception. Any of these movies. Any of them at all. If you wrote them and directed them and you were like, yeah, no, I'm good. I, I, I did this. I did the prestige. I'd, uh, you'd just be a king. You'd be a goddamn king. And I, I only bring this to you to explain... And some of you might understand this. There are some of you who are who are involved in in maybe you you write on the side. Maybe you you write your own private journals. Maybe you are trying to become an author. I have friends out there who are playwrights. 
I have friends, you know, who are musicians, who are uh, some people, you know, they do it for fun. They do it as a release. They do it as a lark. Some people are constantly trying to improve themselves and want people to see their work. If you're a creative being at all, and and I will say this, and it's going to sound, uh, I, I, I don't mean to sound shitty, but uh, in in a world now where everybody believes themselves to be a creative being and insists that you put their artwork on your fridge, everybody, you know, you, you can see people out there, everybody's out there, they're singing, they're dancing, they're doing whatever the fuck, they're, they're uh, anything, anybody out there who's doing anything creative and feels that they should be noticed and should be seen, uh, they're, they're I guess I'm wondering, does everybody go through the same process I go through where you're you're constantly questioning whether or not what you do is worthy? And the answer is, obviously, I have Patreon people. I have people who return every week. I engage with people, certainly on social media, who like what I do, love what I do. People who are uh, effusive in their praise and, and go, Jesus Christ, man, you're, you're, I can't stop listening. I can't, I've listened to you for 12 years. I've listened to you. I've never done funny. All of those things are great, but you, you still as a creative person, you know, you're not supposed to measure yourself against anyone. You always hear this. I'm sure somewhere buried in the artist's way. It's do what you do and don't worry about anything anybody else does, which is the same advice you got from your mom about school and bullies. You know what I mean? Oh, they just can't see how good you are. Eventually, they'll see it and everybody will be your friend. Yay. Won't that be great? Well, until then, I'll continue getting punched in the face at recess. That's fantastic. You know, you just. All you can do is create and hope. Whether you're. You're, you're writing to yourself in a private journal, whether you're putting your life out there on a podcast or whether you're making $100 million movies for everybody to see and enjoy. Um, all you can do is create and hope. And I, I run into that every single week now, you know, because the format I've chosen, you know, again, Christopher Nolan can take a year to write my, my fucking inception and, uh, and, and then a year to film it or, or however long, you know, that's, that's the culmination of two years of work. Um, or even longer, you know what I mean? He could have been working on inception for 15 years. And then finally, once he started to get noticed as a director, he went, Oh, okay, well I have these ideas too, that I've wanted to flesh out. And then it afforded him because of the work he did on other films. It afforded him the time. So I think he's making a movie like every two years now, it seems um, it's afforded him the opportunity to go ahead and, and take all the time he needs to create because he proved that his vision is valid. Uh, whereas, and look, I'm not comparing myself to the guy. I'm only comparing entertainment uh, output content. Whereas every week I come and, and try to bring you a, a two hour movie about whatever seems to have happened or whatever's going on inside my skull. And, uh, and you, you can really, you know, you shouldn't compete with anybody. You shouldn't compete with other than yourself. 
But even that's bad because last week, like I said, I, I was like, that's it. I've just, there's my, my opus. There's my masterwork. It's just, that's everything I can do in a goddamn nutshell. I busted out fucking crazy nonsense for like an hour. And we stopped on a dime. We did social commentary for like 30 minutes. And then we did plugs, <laughs> which are absolutely the highlight of any and all show I would participate in. Um, but it, it's all relative. It doesn't mean I won't beat myself up over it because, again, I, I had my dick knocked in the dirt by by because then after I'll tell you what, after we watched Inception, we watched Little Shop of Horrors because she hadn't seen it and uh, and I hadn't seen it in, you know, I've seen it probably 30 times, but uh, but I hadn't seen it in a while. So I was like, have you seen this? She's like, no, she goes, it's always been on my radar screen. I'm like, all right, well, let's watch that. And uh <laughs> I'm happy we watch it. You know, we share this movie time, Beej and I, and we're on Zoom together. And, you know, it's she's in the dark in her apartment and I'm in the dark in my apartment. And eventually, you know, I'll reach forward to the lens and I'll wave at her and she'll wave at me just during the movie. So we can still say, hey, you're here Um, because it's what we have in lieu of me being able to reach over and squeeze her thigh and look at her in the eyes. And and. uh and this movie started, and I got to be honest with you, I have never been happier to be in the dark. Because Little Shop of Horrors is a movie that I watched at the theater, and I, wa- I saw it alone. Like, nobody would go with me, even though it had uh, Steve Martin, Rick Moranis, all these stars, but I couldn't get anybody to go with me the Friday night it opened, but I really wanted to see it. And I went, and I'll never forget, I saw it in the, Cine- at the Cinema Dome or the Cinedome in Orange, California. It was in the giant Cinedome. And when it started to play, you know, there's a there's a song that starts out in the credits. And I think when people heard it was a musical, they didn't understand it was going to be a musical. So when I saw it, I was I, I I basically was a 12 year old kid. I like I leaned forward with my fucking elbows on my knees and my chin in my hands, reveling in the wonder of what I was seeing. Whereas the rest of the theater was furious that Bill Murray wasn't being Bill Murray, that Steve Martin had black hair. Like nobody could figure out what was going on. It was so strange because they were so used to seeing something different from these people. I guess they just didn't understand. And, and, you know, it was just that particular crowd. But it was a it was a Friday night late show crowd at the Orange Cinedome. And people like talked through the movie or they'd laugh whenever a song would start. They just thought it was ludicrous. That particular and, and that particular group of people was not ready for what they were going to see. And I, I fucking, I devoured it with my eyes and my ears. And then I woke up Saturday morning and I went and bought the cassette and I played it and I played it and I played it. I played it at the pizza place. I played it at my house. I played it. I I just, I couldn't stop listening to it because it also had a thing where, uh, I have a thing for guys who aren't singers who can, who can sort of sing or can carry a tune and then they get to sing. And I, I, cause it's a disservice to say that, that Rick Moranis can't sing. Okay. You just don't think of him as a singer, but in that movie, he does a very good job. He's he, I, I, and I'm fascinated by that. It's because it's a talent I didn't know he had. And then I watch him in it and he's fucking amazing. And also at the time when I saw it, it's, uh, I, I, <laughs> I wound up, I, I had a, I just, fell over backwards for Ellen Green, who's in the movie. Ellen Green plays Audrey. And uh, Ellen Green is, you know, she's got a huge push-up bra and fucking fishnet stockings and leopard print shoes and a yellow fucking blonde wig. And 
uh, and this voice, the voice with the lisp and the just, I, it just, it, I felt it in my balls watching her. I don't know what it was because at the time, you know, I'm, I'm uh, a virgin at the time. You know what I mean? I don't even know what it means to fucking bang. I, I mean, I want to, certainly I'm jerking off 10 times a day, but to see her, I was just like, Oh, you know, it was like, was it, I told you this will happen. You'll see somebody. I saw Sally field in a movie called Backroads, And I was just like, I don't know what this means, this feeling I'm having, but I absolutely need to jerk off right now. Like one of those things, um, you know, I didn't know what horny was or any of that stuff or, or thirsty or whatever you want to call it at the time. So, but I sat there and that movie just fucking, I inhaled it, bought the cassette, couldn't stop listening to it. And now it's one of those movies where every time if, I, if I'd be flipping through cable and it was on, I left it on just because I love it. And I hadn't seen it in a while. So it started, you know, it's, I, I, I turn off the light here in my apartment. I've just got it watching because I'm, I'm watching it on my computer screen, my big computer screen. And she's watching her place. We sync up, you know, three, two, one, Moranis. And we hit the button and we both watch. And uh, the movie starts. And you know there's this speech in the beginning and then the music starts the the little shop of horrors theme song and uh i i i don't i look i know exactly what it was but i just started i teared up and i couldn't i couldn't stop for the first like 40 minutes of the movie i don't know why but it was like i kept I, I was so happy again that she couldn't see me or I was in the dark or whatever, but it was, it was nostalgia. I, it put me right back in the theater seat I was in. It put me in that period of time in my life when I didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. You know, I, 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 I think it was, I, all right. Cause the, the, that movie came out in, I believe 1985. Uh, and I was, uh, no, no, not even, not, fuck no, it's got to be 87, right? Um, fuck it, I'll look it up. 86. So so that movie comes out in 86. Like I said, I'm 19. I don't I don't have any idea what I'm doing. I'm living in California. I'm, I'm working at a fucking Little Caesars. My brother's ordering me around. I think I want to be a comedian, but I, I don't have any idea of what the fuck that means. I'm sleeping on the couch in my brother's apartment. Uh, All of life has yet to happen. Life has yet to happen to me. I have, I have drifted up to that point. Still am to a certain extent, but I've lived life now to at least pull from. Uh, And seeing that movie and, and sitting here, it just, it just punched me right in the fucking brain pan and it put me back, you know, it, it took me from 53 to 19 and not knowing what was going to happen, where I was going to go, what I was going to do. You know, I, I had just moved to California. I'd only been there like three months. And I, I, I had no idea what my life was going to be. I knew what I wanted it to be, but I didn't know how to get it. I, you know what? Life was still a guitar. And I was still picking it up and just banging on it and making whatever fucking noise could come out of it. I had no concept of how to play it. 
And seeing that movie took me right back to that moment. And now, 34 years later, I turned that movie on and I sat and I watched and I thought and I just fucking, I, I cried because I remember being so happy when I saw the movie uh, and not being able to explain why I was so happy. I couldn't, it, it was just yet another crystallization in my mind of knowing that that was what I wanted to do. I, you know, I wanted to be in movies. I wanted to make people laugh. I wanted, I wanted to entertain. I wanted to create. And I, I guess turning it on the other day, it made me realize, you know what? I, in, in these 34 years, I have been on the big screen and I have made people laugh and I still create. Now, whether I'm creating things at the level that other people are is for everybody else to judge. And I say that knowing full well that I will still sit in judgment of every syllable I ever utter and wonder why it isn't either getting the praise I believe it does or why I didn't do better. But just to be brought back to that moment when I, 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 when I wanted it so badly, I knew how bad I wanted it. That was, that was one of the reasons it hit me so hard in the theater was because I, I, I thought it was, it was people that I, I loved and respected doing something completely different that still reached me, that still touched me. And to be able to see that they could create differently than they'd been creating, I internalized that. You know, like I said, I, I never envisioned this. I thought I was going to be a stand-up comic. I thought I was going to come out here. I thought I was going to get commercials and then a TV show. I thought I'd be a friend on a TV show. I thought I'd get movies. I, I genuinely thought I'd be an actor. I mean, I, I really did believe those things. I was never one of those guys who's like, oh, shucks, this isn't going to happen. I was like, no, I'm, I'm too powerful a presence to not have an effect. And there have been signposts along the way when I got the audition for ABC, when they saw me, when I controlled the room, when I, I've done stand-up and, and really great comics have told me how fucking good I am or, or celebrities saw me and, and fucking laughed and pointed. And I, and it's like, I know celebrities laughing and pointing doesn't sound like a good thing, but it's after a set. So it's okay. All of those are good things. Now there's, they're, they're mixed in with all of the, mistakes all of the misfires all of the sloth and lack of effort you know because there christopher nolan isn't just going well maybe i'll slap together fucking <laughs> inception no it takes hard work it takes focus i have friends who are playwrights our, our friend rob he's doing a different play every fucking week for for quarantine People just move forward. They create their sharks. I keep waiting for a walk-off home run. And every week when I think I hit it, I realize, oh, man, you've got to come up again. Two innings. I just have to adjust my brain to know that uh, there's, there's no finish line. There's no, there's no point where, because look, 
even if you make Inception, you still have to go forward and make Dunkirk. And then whatever they say about Dunkirk, you still want to make Tenet. I mean, Christ, he made Memento, and then he made Dark Knight, and then he made Inception. You know, even before Dark Knight, he made he made Memento, he made The Prestige, and then he made Dark Knight, and then he made Inception. I mean, you. It's not about hitting a walk off home run and then you're finished. It's about making sure you keep coming to the plate. And if you create, you know what I'm talking about. You guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt comedy dot com. You can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can find me at Twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. Follow me there. Why wouldn't you? What else are you doing besides nothing? Uh, I'm at Instagram and Snapchat at Mike40YOB. That's Mike40YOB. Find me there. It's great. The water's fine. Dive in. Uh, I'm also on TikTok, but I don't do a fucking thing over there because I'm I just I because I'm gonna go to jail if I do. Uh, <laughs> so Instagram and, uh, and, and Snapchat Mike40YOB. TikTok as well. Find me there. I'm great. Um, I, our friend Ryan Dirks does the web stuff for the show. You can find him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. I need to find him too. I owe him an email and a text. Uh, our good friend KC helps with the YouTube stuff. Thank you, KC. You're the king. Uh, and of course, David Hernandez, whom I alluded to earlier, he does a lot of cool ass stuff. He does all the artwork for this show. Uh, he you know generates the Facebook timelines and the YouTube artwork. Um, he does the stuff for the Westside 86 Jokers page, does all the Joker photos uh, or paintings, I should say, over there. Uh, you can find him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez, facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Be his friend. Why not? And when you're at his page, you can go look at his photos and look at all the artwork he's created for this show. The artwork he's created on his own. He's made memes. He's done all sorts of cool ass stuff. He's got a cult you can join. This is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. That's right. This is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. You want to join that cult? Become his friend first at facebook.com slash David Mix Hernandez. And then he can see the cult. And then he can send in a, a, you know, a request. Then he'll send you some questions. And then you'll say, yay. And you'll answer them. And then you'll all be in there calling Jesus dumb. That'll be great. So go to the this is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb uh, club. But first, go to Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Become his pal, his partner, his confidant. Uh, You know, that man has a podcast as well. Did you know this? Yes, he does. He's got a podcast called The Phlegm Cat Podcast. P-H-L-E-G-M. The Phlegm Cat Podcast. Two words on Phlegm Cat. Available now in the Apple iTunes podcast space or wherever you get your good podcast. You're going to find the Flemcat podcast. Uh, it's full of unbelievable songs, great music. The guy is just he's a fucking renaissance man. He just does amazing things. Super talented. Uh, he's another one of those guys who never, ever rests on his laurels. He just keeps creating. And uh, it's astonishing to watch, quite frankly, because, again, like I said, um, you know, I, I'm a one trick pony whose trick is really fucking awesome. But then to be able to see a guy who's got like a thousand tricks, you're like, oh, God damn it. That guy's awesome at all those tricks. So uh, but but, you know, it's it's literally the difference between I have the Marshall Brodeen home magic kit set and I can turn rice into water. Uh, he can make a 747 disappear. He's David Copperfield. So there you go. He's the guy you want to follow. He's got the Flem Cat podcast available now in the podcast uh, spaces. David Hernandez, David Mex Hernandez, facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. And, uh, you know, he can also do artwork for you if you want. 
You can hire him to do a painting. You can hire him to do your Facebook caricature. Whatever the fuck you would need, he can go ahead and pull it off. Uh, and as I've mentioned, if you become his friend at Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez, you'll see all the artwork he's done for people on Facebook, for himself, for me, for this show. But if you want to see a different style of his artwork, what's that? Yes, he does. He can work in any kind of fucking style you want him to work in. I was going to say capacity, and I changed it to style. That's why you might have heard a noise in there, but I fucking short-circuited it. Uh, but if you want to hire him and you want to see uh, all the other stuff he can do, go to his website. That's a good plan. He's got a website waiting there for you to check out and peruse. You want to peruse his website? Of course you do. Why wouldn't you want to peruse? Don't you want to peruse anything? When you hear the word peruse, don't you think, I'm in. doesn't matter what it is. Hey, you want to peruse this giant pile of horse manure? I do, of course. Let me dive in. I'll peruse whatever the fuck you got, man. Check me out. I'm perusing. Uh, you want to peruse his artwork? Go to his website, artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H dot com. Mitchell Angel. Mitchell Angel. Mitchell Angel. Mitchell Angel. Dude, 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 dude. What? Mitchell Angel. Mitchell Angel. Mitchell Angel. Mitchell Angel. Mitchell Angel. Dude, dude, dude. What? Mitchell Angel. Mitchell Angel. Mitchell Angel. Mitchell Angel. Mitchell Angel. <laughs> Look, don't even come in here pretending that I don't have sponsors. I know you step up to the podium. You lay out all your papers and sundry and such. You put them all down. You you look at the microphone. You look at me sitting up there, resplendent and regal. And you lean into the microphone. You're like, excuse me, counsel, uh, counsel, counselman, counsel. Excuse me, councilman Schmidt. Uh, but it's come to our attention that you don't have any sponsors for said podcast. Oh, contraire, mon frere. Don't even pretend that I don't have sponsors. Don't you? You know what? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it in the parlance of the 20s. You're all wet. How about that? You're a soggy bitch. You come in here and tell me I don't have any sponsors because I'm telling you right now I got sponsors. And I, I, you're like, well, prove it, dude. Oh, I got to prove it now? I got to step to the microphone my own self and prove to you that I have sponsors? What? Okay. Challenge accepted. Ladies and gentlemen, our good friend Fearful Jesuit at the Paranoid Strain Podcast is a sponsor of this show. That's right. The Paranoid Strain Podcast, available right now in all of your finer podcast rodeos. You go over the Apple Podcast space, the iTunes store, whatever they're calling it. Perhaps Spotify, perhaps Stitcher, perhaps uh, Bingle Bungle. You ever get your podcasts over there at Bingle Bungle? You should. They love Fearful Jesuit and the Paranoid Strain over there at Bingle Bungle. Check it out now. Uh, and I know you're thinking to yourself, well, you know what, Mike? We've, we've heard this show and we love it and we like listening to it on endless loop we enjoy the reruns of the paranoid strain uh, but we wish we had some new content 
to swallow whole will get fucking open wide. Open up and say, ah, poison style, motherfuckers, because new content has arrived as of September 1st, I think. I don't know. Look, it was last week it arrived, but it was after I recorded. But now I'm here to tell you about it. I'm bellying up to the podcast bar and ordering a couple of shots of fucking paranoid strain. Telling you one for me, one for you. Let's down it. Bam. Boom. Tequila slammers. Pound it with some Sprite. Swallow it down and be excited. Uh, you can tell my experience with alcohol. I've only had like six different drinks and one of them was tequila slammers. And that was a fun night. Stole some luggage by year two slash three um, or listen to it on YouTube. Cause I don't think, I don't think, I don't think we sell them anymore. Do we? I don't think we do. I haven't been on my website in a while. That's my own fault. Damn it. The Paranoid Prods, Paranoid Strain Podcast. Uh, right now, new content available for you. What? Yes. Here's the thing. They're switching to a bi-weekly model. And that doesn't mean that they fuck both sexes every week. Well, maybe it could. I don't know that much about Fearful Jesuit. He and Danny Uricorn could be fucking queering off every other week. I got no idea what they're doing with themselves. Uh, but I can tell you this. Every two weeks, I'm told that there will be a new entry in the Paranoid Strain podcast. Because normally what they do is they gather up a whole ton of information. And they unleashed it in you in a, in a three and a half hour truth bomb. They're like, fuck, every couple of months. It's almost bi-monthly. Well, now they figured, you know what? Let's go bi-weekly. Now, but I will tell you this. For those of you who enjoyed listening to everything is one giant carpet bomb where you're, you like all of your information in one giant chunk. Look, some of you might like putting a lot of small things in your mouth, but some of you might like swallowing one big thing at once. Well, here, I'm here to tell you this. Subscribe to the uh, Paranoid Strain podcast because uh, even though you're getting all these bite-sized contents every bi-weekly or whatever the fuck, eventually... He will stitch them all together in a crazy quilt of, of gigantic proportions, and you will be able to bathe yourself in that. Uh, so that will be coming soon. A multi-hour super episode will be coming out later. But listen now. You can listen in bite-sized chunks. This is fun-sized paranoid strain. That's what I like to call it. You get a mound. You get an almond joy. You get a paranoid strain. All fun size. Choke on those, man. Or, like I said, you can just save them all, download them all, and uh, and eventually you'll get a gigantic stitched together like Frankenstein's monster episode that'll be coming at you live, man. And it'd be awesome. You should go ahead and listen to all of this. Listen to all of them. Listen to everything, including this new one, which is, uh, uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, the opening, first of all, there's crickets, which I like. I, if it was just, I would have just, if it would have just been crickets, I would have enjoyed the show. As I've mentioned before, I enjoy that sound. I sleep now to like sounds of rain and bugs and fucking trains. I'm a, I'm old. I'm the oldest man alive. But in this opening, you know, it's like uh, you hear you hear an English guy. There's like a pilgrim, and then there's other guys. It's uh, you hear the word Jack and Apes that comes launching out at you. I will tell you this: when I in the first uh, good four minutes of the show, uh, I would say that the, the Paranoid Strain podcast and our friend Fearful Jesuit are setting the baseline for a vanguard of a new, uh, just an onslaught of accent based entertainment. <laughs> just accents galore from people uh, imploring you to take on the uh, Tories and crush the Jews and crush the Catholics and crush. Let's just crush everyone. You, look, I don't want to give it all away, but it's right there in the beginning. Uh, you'll hear about savages. You'll hear about demonic hordes. Uh, you'll hear about, uh, well, kind of a kind of a McCarthy trial illusion with our friend Fearful Jesuit, perhaps being Joseph Welch. Who knows? Maybe that's involved. I will say this with the new episodes. Uh, Danny Unicorn, of course, still involved, but the recording sounds a little crisper 
and it sounds like Danny Unicorn might be in the room. Now, I know for a fact, Paranoid Strain, they use all these different magic tricks, but uh, the very fact that Dana Unicorn would be in the room at the compound means she must have kited in from her undisclosed location to cut uh, to cut some uh, audio. It sounded good. I liked it very much. Uh, I like, you know what? Anything that brings Danny Unicorn closer to me, whether in sound or vision, I'm on board with that. Absolutely. Um, I will say I did get very excited about the show because it mentioned possibly selling high-quality essential oils, but then it veered off from that. I was disappointed to hear it veer off, but I was excited in the beginning. I was like, yes, that sounds like a great plan. Um, you know, we, we mentioned uh, there's at one point where Jesuit says that we're, we're talking about the guys in the funny hats, and I don't want don't, don't to give away too much, but he mentions, uh, he's talking about the Puritans. All right, what the fuck? And he says, uh, the guys in the funny hats, and Dana says, the Pope, and I swear to God, when, when Jesuit said, we're going to talk, of course, this all starts with the guys in the funny hats. And in my mind, I went, the popes? Like, I thought for sure that's what it was going to be. And then Dana instantly said, the pope? And I was like, ha ha, exa- I thought that too. But instead, it's the Puritans. Uh, we hear from any number of dramatic YouTube dudes who have uh, all sorts of clips. And then our, our buddy explores those. Uh, we hear about a cruel and mischievous war. <laughs> we hear about the titular King Philip. All of these things are available for you. Uh, we hear about exquisite torments and most inhumane barbarities. We, uh, we hear about trophy scalps and human skin belts and finger necklaces. Now, if that's not getting you tuned in, then uh, how about with ni- 19 were uh, suffering judicial murder? How about that? Does that get you in there? How about spectral evidence? Does any of this do anything for you? Look, I had you at human skin belts. You know what? Do me a favor. Come for the trophy scalps. Stay for the finger necklaces. Bask in the human skin belts. That's the best promotion I can give this show. The Paranoid Strain Podcast is available now. Like I said, it's a bite size, and it's going to be bi-weekly now. So if you download, it's going to be great. You'll be getting it pretty much uh, every two weeks, I think that means. <laughs> I'm dumb. But it's ready for you to go ahead and download and check out and be excited about that. would be cool. Why not? Why wouldn't you do that? You should, I think. Uh, download the Paranoid Strain Podcast. Our good friend Fearful Jesuit always here to sponsor this show, and it makes me happy, and it makes me happy to hear new content from him. Uh, the guy's constantly reinventing his own genre and uh, making it cleaner and better music, different drops. It's just, it's a, it's an achievement. As I've mentioned, if you're creating, you understand exactly how much work goes into what he does. And so go ahead and download it and listen today. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. The Paranoid Strain podcast available now in the Apple podcast space, the iTunes store, or wherever you get your best podcasts, go and listen to this biweekly episode and then sit quietly, you motherfucker, and wait for the next one to arrive. Uh, in a week, another two weeks. I don't know. Look, I don't know the definition of words. Get off my ass, man. Paranoid strain podcast. Fearful Jesuits, our friend, go and check it out. It's the best. Did you know that I'm on cameo? I am. Did you want me to call your house? You do. Well, then hire me through cameo, although I'm not really calling. It's more of a video of me via the phone. Video via. That's what I like to call it. I'm at videovia.com. Go ahead and find me there. I'm on video via cameo. A hobo Toledo. Uh, <laughs> Raviolo, uh, you can find me that cameo. If you download the cameo app to your phone, do that or go ahead and go to bookcameo.com, which is a, uh, look, that's a possibility. Why wouldn't you go to bookcameo.com? Do you think that you wouldn't? Are you too good for that? Is that who you are? Is that who you've decided to be? Oh, the air conditioning went off. Ooh, that breeze. Uh, well, that's not air conditioning. I apologize. That's a, a stiff fall breeze that's been coming through constantly throughout this entire fucking show because oh there's a nip in the air out here it's uh it's fallish I, I i think i saw a leaf hit the ground earlier i might go outside and crunch it oh don't you love the crunchiest leaves don't you love crunching anything i love stepping on crunchy leaves now, let me ask you this 
and this is going to probably throw you off a little bit. Now, crunching leaves, when you walk in, it's like, it's so satisfying. It's just a great noise. I love it. But if you saw a pile of crickets, uh, would you walk through them, smushing them? But they're dead. All right, they're dead crickets. You didn't kill them. There was some sort of cataclysmic cricket extinction event. And you, God, why couldn't that be the name of the show? There was a cataclysmic, I might make it, the. hold on, I got to write that down. That might be the name of the show. Hold on one second. I might change the name of the show, everybody. Uh, <laughs> cataclysmic cricket extinction event. Fuck me. If there was something like that, and then there were just piles of dead crickets, would you walk through them to make the crunching noise like leaves? You're going to get cricket blood on your shoes. Don't be blanching at me. Don't be going, ew, I don't want cricket blood on my shoes. Bullshit. I got news for you. Everywhere you step, there's cricket blood. Did you not know this? Are you going to pretend to be better than me? Are you going to pretend to be like, oh, yeah, bullshit, man. I know everything there is to know about bug blood. No, you don't. Uh, me and Neil Sadaka were the only two people to know anything about bug, bug, blood, blood. It's taking you for a ride. You're walking in the crickets when you try to slide. All right. Uh, bug, bug. It's me, Elton John, and Neil Sadaka. It's the only people who know about bug blood. Bug, blood, bug, blood. All right. Uh, you ever just listen to this show and want to throw your iPod in a garbage disposal? That ever happened to you? You ever just think to yourself, all right, Mike's gone too far. Let's go ahead and grind this motherfucker up and never see it again, which seems weird. You could just delete the show, but you feel that strongly about it. You need to throw your iPod or your phone or your Zune or your fucking uh, Pondo. What the fuck did Neil Young invent? The Pogo? I don't know. Why? That's again, look. I understand we like music. Everybody wants to hear things clear, crystal, whatever the fuck. But do you, as you're a technology developing person where you're like, you know what? I've got to get on the vanguard of this. I got to get the cutting edge of sound technology. You know who I need to call? 8,000 year old Neil Young. That's what I need to do. I need to, and you don't even get to call him. All you do is just lay garlic out from your mailbox to your house and hope eventually Neil Young smells it and follows the trail. That's it. Otherwise, you're not going to get a hold of him. He is, look, he's a legend. Absolutely. He's crushing it. But if you were telling me I need to develop a new technology, some sort of new cutting edge product, I got to be honest with you. I am not calling human raisin Neil Young. I'm not, I'm not, I don't even think there's a bone left in his body. Uh, he's just, he's just a pile of flesh at this point. Right. Uh, and I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for good things. You know what I mean? I hope he stays alive. Christ, the very fact that he spent so much time in the, in proximity to David Crosby has got to give him some sort of level of immunity, right? He must be able to be able to fight off all sorts of other diseases just because he's got the Crosby effect happening. But, uh, but then they, they were making, they literally, they were like, Hey, because uh, here's the thing. The iPod is like a deck of cards, right? It's totally small. Then they made the iPod touch. That was even smaller. Uh, then they made that one that was like a button that I lost at my fucking gym. Then you got your iPhone, which is a little bigger, you know, whatever the fuck, but it's still flat. It's like a deck of cards. It's kind of, it's convenient. These motherfuckers are like, hey, you know what? We need to compete with the iPod. What do we do? Well, let's first make it a challenging shape. Could we do that? Could we make our music thing a challenging shape? I don't know. What do you think? Uh, well, I, iTunes is already, iPhone has got the flat down. Um, what if we went with an, uh, a raised triangle? <laughs> what if we did? What if we just made a, uh, a music player the shape of a Toblerone bar? You think that would be good? Is that something we could do? 
Uh, and then, and then you make, uh, and you, so you make it and you're like, wow, this is awesome. It doesn't fit in anybody's pocket. We're all, we're well on our way. What we need to do is we need to figure out someone who can tell us how to make this sound the best it could possibly sound. All right. Well, uh, you know, the beats people, they wind up getting Dr. Dre, who's, you know, he's been listening to samples forever. He might have an ear for that sort of thing, but we're not going to get him away. We're certainly not going to tear him away from his beats empire. Who could you think of? Who do you think would be? Uh, right in tune with exactly the most cutting edge technology of how music should sound these days. Hmm. I'll tell you what, how about a great grandfather who has constantly fried his hearing with loud amplifiers since 1936? Could we get him? Is there any way you could make that phone call? Could we unearth the corpse of someone from Woodstock to tell us about some current technology? Cause that's what I want. Hey, is Richie Havens available? Let's talk to him and have him do a bongo solo for 45 minutes. How about that? Let's get him on the fucking horn. You know what? I was trying to think of how to make this Toblerone sound the best it possibly could. I'm going to put in a call to Wavy Gravy. You think he's around? He's probably, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's still staying away from the brown acid. Let's call Wavy Gravy and see how he feels about it. Say, I'll tell you what. We got to take on iTunes head to head. The Apple empire is something that's very difficult to tuck and go ahead and try to beat at its own game. And yet here we are. We need to stand out. You know what we need? Let's call Shanana. How about them? How about they were? They were at Woodstock. Certainly they know what music is. Let's call anybody in the world who ever stepped in mud. How about that? That was like Woodstock, right? That's it's up at the farmer's field. Let's hey, you know what? We've got this thing. Certainly it's an odd shape, so we're way ahead of the game. A lot of people like convenience in a shape. We say bullshit. We're going ahead and making a fuck. Like I said, it's a musical Toblerone bar. And you know who we consulted? We went ahead and we riffled through our goddamn Rolodex. And we were trying to figure out exactly who we could call, what we should do, who we should talk to, who we could possibly get on the line. Oh, you know who we dialed up? You're not going to believe it. Canned Heat. That's right. We've called Canned Heat. To feel how they see how they feel about how our Toblerone bar sounds in your ears. Oh, uh, you know what? It was a it was a hard slog. We were going up the country, and we had to find them. Good fucking Christ, Neil Young, smart, good move. Uh and that thing went fucking south, right? It was it's it was shaped like a fucking butt plug. Well, I don't know if you get a triangle butt plug. Maybe you oil it up enough, you can get it in there. Who cares? You ever find a try to fit a, a triangle? It's like round <laughs> square peg in a round hole. How about a triangle peg in a round hole? Go ahead and do that. If you got enough lube, you can fit any peg in any fucking hole. I'll tell you that. Uh, you know who taught me that? Canned heat. All right. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff backstage with the wavy and the gravy. Somebody's gravy got super wavy that day. A uh, cameo. That was the whole point of this. See, this is the kind of magic I can bring to your cameo. I will be yapping into your goddamn phone. You'll be reading it. Uh, although you're uh, like I mentioned, you may be throwing it into the sea. Who knows? Perhaps you love me. Perhaps you don't. You might hate me. Uh, perhaps you were just waiting for a cataclysmic cricket extinction event. Did I say cataclysmic? I don't know if I did. Uh, all right. Cameo is available. Go ahead and put it on your phone. It's the cameo app that you can download this instant right now. Uh, or you can go to bookcameo.com and try to find me. And I'll, uh, again, it's fall. If you want me to wish you a happy Halloween or it's Labor Day, today certainly is Labor Day. This morning is Labor Day. I guess the rest of the day would also be Labor Day as well. But I can wish you a good Labor Day. If you can book me tonight super quick, who knows? Listen to this and then go, I got to book Mike immediately. Cameo is on your phone. It's an app or bookcameo.com. Hire me to do whatever. I'd like it. Uh, you know, we have channels. In addition to podcasts, I also have channels. I'm a goddamn empire is what I am. I got a YouTube channel. 
youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy go check it out there's old stand-up there's 12 years of this podcast waiting for you to go ahead and peruse and check out uh you know what else you can check out my blade it's available right now at youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy go ahead and look at that uh, I also have a Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy, and I'm on there streaming games and playing this and that, doing all sorts of cool-ass things that you wouldn't understand, man. You know what? The little girls understand, I'll tell you that. Uh, but you don't. You know why my little girls understand? Because my baby talks dirty. And your baby, she say, hurt me, hurt me. Ah, 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 da-da-da-do. Ah, 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 ba-da-da-do. I'm doing the neck. Um, you should get the neck, really. Uh, hold on. Oh, the breeze is blowing again. It's right in my face. It's strong. Here as I stand on the stern of the ship. Uh, YouTube, well, twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Go ahead and check it out. It's there. I do a lot of this, talking, and then just playing games. I found some weird game where I'm running around and jumping off platforms. Uh, there's puzzle games. I have a sword in some games. Some games I have a gun. I might be playing the Avengers soon. I'm going to go ahead and see if it's a good game or fun. Maybe that'll be something I should do. Who knows? Come watch. Come watch for this part. We're just, I'm eating fucking weird chips. I had a, You know what I did on the twitch.tv this week? Oh, brace yourself. Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Here's what I did. Uh, is it twitch.tv? Jesus Christ, I hope so. Uh, just Google Twitch Mike Schmidt. You'll find me. Twitch the 40-year-old boy. I am um, a listener or a person who pops into the stream and watches me on Twitch, doesn't listen to the podcast, but she, she watches on, on Twitch. Uh, her name is Jess, and she's lovely and uh, a wonderful person. And she, yeah, I, I was decrying the fact that there, you know me, I, like I said, I bite weird stuff. I bite weird chips. I do all that stuff. Usually I do it on camera so people can see. Well, here's what I did. Uh, I was looking for a candy because Brock's announced that they were putting on a, a special candy corn for the season. Now, uh, if you know me, and I think you do, you know that I, I think candy corn is uh, is second only to the Holocaust on atrocities committed upon the human race. I, I I think it's a terrible thing. I think it's like eating a candle. I don't like candy corn at all. It is it is just the end of good. That's all it is. I can call it is truly uh, in order for bad things to happen. Good men must do nothing. And uh, the good men were in bed one night and the bad people made candy corn. That's what happened. So I don't like it. I don't care for it. But if it's a stupid flavor, well, look, step aside, motherfucker. I'm putting it in my mouth. I don't care. Whatever weird way you got. If you had like literally if they made cock flavored candy corn, I might give it a day in court just to go. Ah, you know, I don't know. This seems salty. Whatever. I uh, I don't give any weird flavor you got. But I will say I draw the line at certain weird flavors, but we'll get to that in just a second. But I was uh, I was looking for this particular candy corn. It's called Turkey Dinner candy corn and uh and it's got six different pieces one tastes like cranberry sauce one tastes like green beans one tastes like ginger spiced carrots one tastes like stuffing one tastes like turkey and gravy and one tastes like sweet potato pie so i had to get them right i'm like i gotta put these in my mouth i gotta find them so i actually went to like six different stores around my house because they were supposedly exclusive to walgreens so I went to six different Walgreens and uh, didn't have them. So then I was looking at grocery stores, didn't have it as well. So I was like, oh, I'm sure I'll find it at some point because it seems like one of those things is going to hang around through Christmas, uh, certainly through Thanksgiving. So I figured I would stumble into a bag at some point. Uh, but I mentioned it in passing on the Twitch channel and our good friend Jess, 
who resides out in the middle of the country, said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to spend money to mail Mike something, which is fucking amazing. And she sent me a bag of turkey dinner candy corn. And I opened it on the air, you know, because she's she's watching. And I pulled out the bag and I went, oh, my goodness. I, I was like, this is amazing. So I had a taste test right there during the show. Uh, and I, I broke it up into each individual pile and then I ate each individual flavor. And then people are like, you should eat it all together. Like what, what, like a big fork full of dinner. Uh, it's all there. It's, you can find it on the Twitch channel. Um, someone made a clip, I think of me eating it at some point, regardless, uh, you know, maybe we'll post it on the Joker's page, the actual, because I will tell you this, look, it's like two hours long and I'm, I'm the last hour is when I show up and I eat the candy. Well, I'm, I'm there the first hour too. What if I wasn't? Uh, but I show up the second hour and I eat the candy, right? And I'm knocking that down and uh, and making the taste test and making the faces and, and saying, mmm, delicious, or mmm, this tastes like murder. Uh, but you can see me doing it on the Twitch channel. And that's the kind of thing we do on the Twitch channel. Now, do I eat weird food every single day? I don't because there's not enough weird food to fill my waking hours. But if there were, I would certainly be eating weird food all the time. In addition to playing games, it's my own television network. I can do whatever I want. Uh, whatever, whatever, I'll do what I want on my own twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. You can go there and follow or subscribe. Get this. If you're an Amazon prime subscriber every month, you can subscribe via prime and I get five bucks courtesy of that. Look at you thinking of me. You're the best. Uh, why wouldn't you go ahead and include me in your subscription plans? Who else are you going to give it to? One of the 400,000 other comedians who have decided to use Twitch in the pandemic? Of course, that seems like a good plan. Why not give them your money? Not me, Mike Schmidt, five steps away from the gutter. What's wrong with you people? How do you leave me high and or dry? Uh, If you follow or subscribe, that'd be great. But if you just come and watch too and hang out, we have a pretty fun group. In the chat stream, we've got a bunch of regulars. They play the games. They uh, they lob. They talk amongst one another. They watch me be stupid. It's fun. It's a good time. Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Go ahead and check it out. YouTube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Those are channels that you can check out right now. Also, uh, what else? I, I, I told you about Cameo. Oh, you know what? I got Patreon. Here, I'll tell you about Patreon. If you don't know about Patreon... You can sign up and be a patron at Patreon, which makes you help this show. It doesn't make you. It helps you help this show. If you're thinking of me, that's pretty cool. Thank you so much for reaching out and doing that. Um, because I'll tell you what, if you're going to support this show, this is a very good time to support this show. This would, this would be actually the ideal time to support this show as the germ ravages the world and uh, fires are consuming everything within eyeshot. Uh, this would be a really good time to send me five bucks or whatever the fuck, or, or do it monthly, whatever you want to do. I, I appreciate everybody who's gone ahead and stepped up at patreon.com slash Mike40YOB, or just Google Patreon and Mike Schmidt or Patreon and the 40-year-old boy, and it'll come up, and you can become a patron at Patreon. That's cool. I appreciate you doing that. Also, if you just want to send like a one-time cash thing or sign up for a monthly PayPal donation, you can do that at the website, MikeSchmidtComedy.com. In the upper right-hand corner of every single page, there's a little Schmidt. He's got his pocket out. says donate. You can click on that. It'll take you to PayPal. You'll swoop in. You can pick a recurring one. You can just pick a one-time deal. Whatever you want to do is fine with me. Thank you so much for thinking of me and helping the show. Uh, Like our good friend, wait, brace yourselves, Hannah Frostman. That's right. Hannah Frostman went ahead and and, uh, she actually did this last week and I failed to mention it on last week's show and I'm quite the heel and I apologize, but she was nice enough to reach out and donate to the show and it made me very happy. Thank you, Hannah, my good friend in London, England, cricket fan extraordinaire. 
Uh, I love her. She's a great friend. I've had I've actually had breakfast with this woman. She's a terrific person, and uh, I can't thank her enough for supporting the show. Another one who has been around from the beginning and stayed. See, here's the thing. You could be around from the beginning, and that's fine. We're all here at the beginning, uh, but to be here for the bitter end, holy Jesus, to stay through these peaks and valleys, through these, to see, to sit there and watch me uh, Sisyphus this boulder up the hill and watch it roll down the other side for 12 years and to keep pushing it up there and trying and watching it slide down the other and to stay, not only stay, but support. That's incredible. Hannah is a fantastic friend and I love her and I'm so happy that she reached out and she helped me out with the donation. And you guys can do that too. If you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com in the upper right-hand corner, there's a little Schmitty. He's got his pocket out. And, uh, and you can do the Patreon thing as well. Whatever you think is cool, I'm cool with that as well. Go ahead and do that, please. Also, hey, you know what? Uh, I should tell you this. I got all caught up in talking about the Paranoid Strain. Our good friend Rob Matsushita also has the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash stayhome2020, stayhome2020. He's doing all sorts of stuff, banging out all sorts of clips, uh, making amazing quarantine content. Like I said, if you're creative, you know the, you know the struggle. And Rob is one of those who knows it, but has overcome it, man. The dude just flies directly into the face of convention and is just churning out great content during a quarantine. YouTube.com slash stay home 2020. Uh, I get a hiccup. That was weird. Go and check it out right now. I'm going to hold on. I got to fight off. No more hiccups. Do I have to sip water? Don't make me stop down. I'm, I'm so close. We're so close to the end of this goddamn show. Uh, you know what it is? It's this stiff fall breeze blowing in my face. Oh, I'm sure I'm going to inhale a leaf. God damn it. And I'm sure that leaf is covered with cricket blood, not unlike the ground that you walk on. That's right. There's bug blood everywhere you sit. Everything you bite has a bug leg in it. Brace yourself for that. Don't think, don't think, look, you can go to the highest restaurant on, on the top of the, of the highest mountain or the lowest restaurant in the lowest basement in New York. And you're still going to eat bugs no matter what you try to do. There's a bug leg in everything you eat which is not a good slogan for getting elected to public office. <laughs> a chicken in every pot and a bug leg in everything you eat. I'm ready. to. Here's the promise I make to you. If you go to the polls, if I can turn out a great many of you to go to the polls and vote to put Mike Schmidt into the city council, uh, there is a chicken in every pot and a bug leg in everything you eat. Mm, oh, doesn't that sound delightful? Now you're getting two meals. They call me two meal Mike. That was my nickname when I was in Gen Pop. There's two meal Mike. He's the fattest man in the land. Ah, Christ, two meal mics here to do some real damage. All right. Um, Speaking of damage, look at that horrible ham-handed segue. I want to cut that out now, but I'm going to go with it because we're almost done. Uh, I can barely move. I know you're like, well, Mike, that's nothing new. No, no. I mean, legitimately now, uh, this weekend on, on Saturday, I had to help my brother. My brother Lenny, whom you may know, he's the older brother in the Schmidt brood, uh, he was moving. And he reached out to me last week he's with a text. He's like, hey, man, you want to help me move on Saturday? You around? And and it's one of those things where, like, uh, you can't say no. You just can't. I, You know me. I mean, unless I, unless I was working or I had something legit to do. But now in quarantine, this is the perfect time to get somebody to help you to move because there's not a fucking thing going on. If you want to ride to the airport, you're going to literally call somebody. They're happy to do it just for to have the conversation on the way to the goddamn runway. They, they're happy to put you in their car. I, I, I can't stress enough. This is a very good time to impose upon people during the quarantine because they're not doing a fucking thing and they will welcome the human contact. So, hey, man, you want to come help me do some yard work? Yes. Oh, my God. Hand me a fucking rake. Let's talk. 
I demand to be within close proximity of a person, especially someone I like. Um, so this is a good time to impose on people. So last week, my buddy sent me, my buddy, my brother sends me a text. I just like, hey, man, you want to help me move? And I did Blanche. I won't lie. I saw it. And then I was like, nah. but I, I answered. You'll be proud of me. I answered instantly. I, I answered. Well, it took me a minute. But I mean, one minute is for me with text. Usually forget it. So I answered. And I said, sure. What times? Let me know the when's and where's or whatever. And uh, that was last I don't know, Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. So then uh, the week goes on and I start to read online words like uh, crushing heat event, extreme heat event, unhealthy air conditions. Uh, and I actually saw one that said catastrophic heat event for Southern California. And so I looked at my weather app and it turned out that Saturday, the day that I have chosen to actually walk out of my apartment for the first time again in 10 fucking days or whatever. Uh it's going to be 113 degrees by my house. Now, I know if you live in Arizona right now, you're going pussy. Um, but unless literally there's only like four places in the world where you could say that Arizona, Las Vegas, uh, Baghdad. <laughs> Let's put it this way. 113 degrees. I looked. Believe me, I have it in my phone. That was hotter than Kuwait. I told you I went to Kuwait. I grabbed monkey bars and my hands went from the fucking burning metal. And this was hot. We were, we were hotter this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, than it was in Kuwait. Then I looked at Arizona, and like I said, literally, it's 115 every day. I, I just, I, I don't know what's to become of this planet. But I do know, unless people start bringing their plastic bottles to the right fucking guy, <laughs> we're all going to die. That's such horseshit. Hey, man, I'm going to bring four plastic bottles back. Hey, tell the sun. I'm sure he'll turn his rays down now that you're saving fucking plastic bottles, you hump. Doesn't mean you shouldn't make the effort. Uh, <laughs> so here's the deal, man. I, I said yes. And then I wrote him and I said, look, and I, I sent a screenshot. I go, I don't know if you know this, uh, but what time are we doing this moving? And, and also, I need to know kind of the particulars, like, where are you moving? And he called me and he's like, hey, man, you know, I'm not, I'm, it's great. We're not even getting a truck. And in my head, I'm like, well, that I don't know where. How does that mean? Why would great ever describe that? Great for you because you're saving money. Why is it great for me, the guy who's helping you schlep, that there's no fucking truck? He goes, yeah, we're just moving across the street. And that sounds easier. Okay, that absolutely sounds easier. Where you're like, oh, we're just moving across the street. That's totally cool. But no, the best part of moving is moving things into the truck and then taking a deep breath and riding to the new location. And then unloading there because you get that rest between it. But if we're just moving across the street, I got news for you. That that new place isn't going anywhere. And also with no truck ride, because normally if you're leaving an apartment, you got to figure it's going to be 50 steps from the apartment to the truck. And then you put the thing on the truck and then you go back into the apartment, right? And you get more stuff and then you drive to the next apartment and then 50 steps in, 50 steps out, whatever. Well, dudes, going across the street, you know, and it wasn't a straight shot either. And my brother lives in an apartment complex that has four steps. Now, he lives on the ground floor, which is good. And it's a courtyard apartment, so there's no hallways or doors or shit like that. But he still lives in a, in a building that has stairs. So there's four stairs to the driveway, and then the driveway is in a decline. You know, it's, it's on an incline up and a decline down. I don't know if you know how that works. Uh, so you have to take stuff from his apartment, 
You have to walk out. You have to walk down the four stairs. You have to walk down the driveway, across the street, up the stairs into the new complex. And then he lives it all the way at the back of the complex in the apartment. So he lived in the back of one complex and moved to the back of the other complex. And, and it's 115 degrees or whatever the fuck. So now your exposure is completely doubled. It's not like walking to the truck and then going back in. No, you got to walk all the way across the street and put this stuff in the new place. So like I said, he's like, oh man, it's totally easy. We don't have to get a truck. It's just across the street. Well, no, but you're increasing the work that the fucking moving people have to do. And again, I, whatever the fuck I'm, but you know me, I wind myself up into thinking it's going to be terrible. Like I do that thing where I'm like, this is going to suck. I don't want to do it. I'm dreading it. I'm dreading it. I'm pushing, I'm pushing it down and, and just trying to go, no, it'll be no fuck. I can't don't even think about it. Don't it's just, oh, whatever. And then he's like, let's start early so we can avoid the heat. He wants me there at 10 a.m. Well, I've been going to bed at fucking 7 a.m. Uh, so now I got to break that habit, which I want to do anyway, but still. So I'm, I'm like, all right, yeah, that's fine. I'll be there at 10. I'm not, and I'm not bitching. I wasn't sad, but I was worried. You know, 115 degrees is not a joke. And here's the even worse part. Again, as all of you know, you know, I suit of armor wrapped in baloney in March, but I haven't done a fucking thing since March. That's not an exaggeration. Like I get up and go to the store or whatever. I've done tremendous damage to myself. Not only regressed in my training, but I mean, I haven't done a fucking thing. I haven't gone on a hike. None of that bullshit. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been sedentary, if not inert for six months. So you figure, you know, being crazy fat dude who put on a, bu- a bunch more weight, hasn't exercised at all. And now I'm going to again, I, and I've done this before. Like when I did the warrior dash, I hadn't lifted or fucking done anything. And then I went and just did it. I ran this obstacle course like a fucking idiot. And I couldn't move afterwards, man. It was fucking brutal during it. I couldn't move half the time. When I did the Spartan sprint with, with Colette, I, I didn't really get in shape. I was lifting, but not cardio. Uh, and then next thing you know, I'm sitting in the fucking hot grass eating mustard. You know what I mean? Who the fuck knows what's going to happen? So I go to his house on Saturday. I get there at like 10, 15. Uh, and, you know, it's already 100 degrees at 10, 15 a.m. And he's like, I, I go in his apartment. I also said to him, I go, please make sure everything's packed. I can't deal with walking into a place where you're still putting stuff in boxes. So I walked in and he tells me, he's like, hey, look, he goes, I hired two guys. Uh, two guys are going to come over and they're going to do the heavy stuff. You and I, he goes, we'll just take all the light stuff, whatever we got to take over there. Um, and then his buddy Todd stopped by and Todd had like an industrial dolly that's on four wheels, not two. So you could put stuff flat on it and roll it over. Uh So between Todd and his industrial dolly, Lenny had a regular dolly and then me just fucking carrying shit. Um, We got I was done by two o'clock, 1015 to two o'clock. He had a bunch of water on ice. Uh, But you know me like I'm still, you know, I I still made like 12 trips. uh, and, And I counted the steps. The first trip I made, it was 250 steps. Uh round trip, but also that was down a driveway and then up a steep driveway, down four stairs, uh, and then up a stair, up a stoop, you know, whatever the fuck just, but I, that's how I keep my sanity. I count stuff and I wanted to make sure so it was 250 steps round trip and I made 12 trips. So you're, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't that bad. Honestly, it was super hot, but also in those steps, you're carrying a bunch of shit. Now, when I say little stuff, 
you know, I threw on like this fucking 50 pound backpack that he had. And then there was two full suitcases. Then I carried a filing cabinet that they didn't empty the drawers of. And I threw that up on my shoulder. I threw a coffee table up on my shoulder. Uh, I carried an office chair on my shoulder. You know, I just, I put my, you know, I put it on my head basically, you know, like almost like an umbrella. Um, cause when I move, I don't fuck around. I'm not like this guy. I was like, let's roll this. I mean, I just want to get shit done. So I'm, I, the file cabinet, like, again, I put all this stuff, you know, I throw it up on my right shoulder because it's easier to carry on your shoulder. Cause then it's just part of your distributed weight. If you carry it in front of you with your arms, then you're locking up your back, your arms, all of that stuff. So I'd rather just have it on my shoulder. Cause then it's just part of my body. So, uh, about two o'clock I got done and I got to be honest with you, man, I felt fucking great. It was so ridiculously hot. You could feel the heat coming from on top of you and radiating off of the asphalt, but I didn't mind cause I like intense heat. I was worried that I might, you know, you worry that it might do something to you. I wasn't worried about being, uh, you know, dying or burning or any of that shit. You just, you just, you leave yourself in a weird position when you haven't worked out or done anything. So you, I'm like, I don't want to pull a muscle. I don't want to zig when I should have zagged and a rib dislocates. And also my body's a 53 year old machine that I have put through the goddamn ringer. So who knows how it's going to fucking react when it hasn't done anything in six months, but I was able, there was no issues. There was no problems. And in fact, uh, I, we took all the little stuff done. The, the movers weren't there yet. It was supposed to be noon. They weren't there by two. I said, you need me? You want to start moving some of this stuff? He's like, fuck no, I paid these guys. They'll be here. So you need me to do anything else? He's like, no. So he cut me loose. I was pouring sweat. I was fucking soaked, but I stopped at the store, grabbed some stuff. I, it just felt good. Again, it felt good to be outside. It felt, it felt alive because I'm not alive anymore. I'm just inert and I'm sitting and I'm staring and I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it all and I need to seize my life back. So I went to the store. I, I uh, you know, it was just, it was super hot, but it felt great. And I felt if, uh, it, it fucking energized. If, 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 I, I loved it so much. I felt great because, you know, when I would go to the gym, I told you I would do cardio, whatever. I'd walk out, I'd look at the sun, I'd breathe deep. I just, I, I do respond well to taking care of myself and exercise. It's so weird. It's just doing it that's the issue. Once I've done it, when it's over, when I'm in the middle of it, it's great. But it's the getting out and doing it that's the issue. And, and making myself go there, help him, it felt so good. And it made me go, you know what? You got to start cooking again. You got to start doing this. You need to start cooking for yourself and going to the gym. You got to go run. Even if it's outside, you got to make these things happen. And, and I was, I was excited. I was so pumped up. I had a fucking adrenaline. I got home and, uh, I walked in the door and there were fights for the UFC that day. So I was going to take a shower and watch some fights and stuff. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I stripped off like the fucking wet clothes. And I put on some dry clothes real quick. Cause I wanted to go ahead and I had some texts to return. And I sat down on the couch and I passed the fuck out. Now, granted, I had only had four hours of sleep before I went over there, but, uh, but I was excited. I was energized. I was ready. I was like, yeah, let's do this. Go to the store. I'm here. I'm there. I'm let's move it. I'm, I'm, I'm all ready to go ahead. And I sat down on the couch and it wasn't even like where I, I had any control over it. I started to, and I was like, I started to fall asleep and I go, fuck you, get the laptop. So I went and sat on the couch to watch the fights on my laptop and then I was out. I I dozed all through the fucking fights. Uh, <laughs> I woke up in time for the co-main, so that means I slept like 3 hours on the couch. And then when I woke up, you know, I tried to sit forward 
And that's when my day really came to a head because you know what your body does? It reminds you, hey, fuckhead, you haven't done anything in six months and then you take me out for a goddamn test drive? Seriously? Well, now this is happening. And I, I tried to move. And, and it was, it was mainly like my quads and my calves from walking upstairs, walking across, walking up the driveway, but also dude, my shoulder, my right shoulder was just fucking hammered. And I was, and I, it wasn't like, I was like, ah, I'm like a crybaby in pain. But what it reminded me of is when I first started working out with John, you know, when I was super fat, I hadn't been in the gym in like two years. And I'm like, let's do this. I would get up in the morning. I would go lift hard with John, do some cardio. And then I would come home and I would go to bed. I would literally go to sleep after a workout because I, I, my body was like, fuck you, you're not doing anything. So I would go to just kind of rest and recuperate. And I think my body just kind of made the own decision that it's like, yeah, fuck you, you're going to sleep. And I fell asleep on the couch, uh, woke up, and then I just, it felt like it just, I tried to move and I could, but everything was gingerly. Everything was slow. I had to, and my, you know what was the worst part? My feet. Because now I'm a giant. Like, I mean, I've, I, I don't even want to tell you when I, when I weigh in on October 1st, maybe I'll tell you this because this has been just a, a bizarre experiment to see just how out of shape I can get. It's the weirdest thing in the world, but, uh, but my feet are the thing that feel it the most because they're, you know, they're supporting everything. They're the base of the pyramid. So when I'm fucking walking up and down, they're fine when I'm doing it. But then later when they get a chance to rest, they're like, Oh yeah, no, never again, never again. So, uh, I, I, I gingerly walked across the fucking floor, uh, I, I texted people I needed to text and then I just hid in the dark fucking apartment while it was blazing hot outside. And then yesterday it was Sunday. I didn't do a fucking thing. I mean, I, I, I streamed finally, but I, it felt like, you know, I, I felt like everybody had, somebody put me in a burlap sack and beaten me with broomsticks. Like, cause my whole body is sore. My arms, my legs, my hips, uh, and, and my feet, like I said, they're the worst. They, my feet feel like they're full of aquarium rocks. I don't know if you'd feel, understand that feeling. Like I'm trying to walk, and it's almost like, like I get. There's not nothing's broken, but it's just that thing where you're like, ow, 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 ow. It's just the every angle, any any step I take, every move I make, every bond I break, every breath I take, I'm stepping on fucking rocks. Podcast. Podcast. Podcast.